Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. Hi. 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 Tabua. Tabua. Aub. <laughs> what about Aub? Safula. Cool, neat story. Was that supposed to be funny? There's local politics, bud. Don't go over the rules. It'll take forever. Let's just get to the draft. Let's get the pumping. I got a little taco meat on my chest. It's going to be fun. We, are, we, in the, we in the fig. I mean, everybody going to be loud. I'm going to be loud with them. I'm screaming, too. Like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. You ready for this? <laughs> I am. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All righty, here for another three-hour tour on Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville. 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. You can find us online, PR927FM.com. And also watch the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. And you can be a part of the show there. Chime in. What you want to talk about on this Wednesday. Yet another hot one. No need to update the weather report. It's about the same every day in the parts, uh, these parts of the country. But they are back on the football fields over at the East Carolina facility. So that is good news. Coming off a off day that was not scheduled on tuesday due to some food poisoning issues so pirates were back on the field this morning we'll talk about that coming up in just a moment and it'll be a topic with our guest today the voice jeff charles going to join us on the program also patrick mason covering east carolina football for the daily reflector and steven Igo hoists the colors we'll continue our position previews we'll talk east carolina cornerbacks today you got some returners and a lot of new faces at that position so we'll talk about it with i go also in my hands i am holding a book and that book is freezing cold takes nfl edition football media's most inaccurate predictions and the fascinating stories behind them if you know anything about me you know i love a good book where the red fern grows the outsiders lord of the flies i've read them all it was about 25 30 years ago but i enjoyed those books a lot and I enjoyed this book, and we will talk to the author of this book, Fred Siegel, who is more known for his Twitter persona, uh, Freezing Cold Takes, Old Takes Exposed. And uh, he's been doing the media car wash to promote his new book, which is available now. And we'll talk about that coming up with Fred at 4 o'clock. So we got a lot to get to on today's program. Shirley Rhodes, CJ Schaefer, the big dog, Rome in the hallways. Uh, Chandler Honeycutt is here hello folks what's up clipper how you doing great how are you good good thank you for asking can't wait for trivia tonight at aj mcmurphy's well you're gonna have to wait because we got a three-hour show and then a little bit of a buffer period and then we'll kick off trivia at eight o'clock tonight at aj's sweet cool all right can't wait excellent uh let's see what's going on steve hill's on one he's on one he says clipper two little butt cheeks it's two little butt I, cheeks swinging dingers swinging dingers rick flair woo rick flair woo it's local politics bud there's local politics bud chandler chandler we do not have a sound effect for that so thank Whoops. you steve uh for keeping Ooh. shirley on the ball shirley a tad under the weather oh boy yeah. here we go here we go a domino effect brian bailey yesterday shirley rhodes today who's it gonna be tomorrow uh well uh, 
Yeah. To be I fair, guess Shirley's not be... going to be able to go on her trip. That's oh, a shame. That's that. such a shame. Screw that. I'm going on the trip. <laughs> uh, your symptoms are different than Bailey's. In fact, your symptoms are more like the ECU football players. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> well, half of the symptoms. Let's just put it that way. All but, right. Uh, yeah, I've got a little bit of a tummy issue. So a little tummy. Oh, her not, tummy hurt. Yeah, tummy. My tum- my, I have a little rumbly in my tummy. <laughs> have you tried uh, saltine crackers and soda? And soup? No, have I have. Soup? T- well, the thing was is that, you know, you know sometimes when your stomach does doesn't feel all that great you don't want to eat anything you don't want to drink anything because you feel like you don't want to upset your stomach even further so in my defense i've not had anything to eat or drink all day due to whatever pain is in my tummy well here's what i do when when i have a tummy ache when i have issues you know the strongest medicine is our own bodies Mm. our immune system amen and i fight fire with fire as soon as i have mm-hmm. the diarrhea oh my god or the throw-ups <laughs> i go right to the local chinese buffet oh boy and wow. just pile it on and say you want war let's go to war let's see what happens yeah just add salt I, to the wound mm, yeah i'm i'm thinking i don't want to go to war with my tummy all right fine you retreat i got <laughs> you might yeah you <laughs> advance <a> link <laughs> you advance on uh yeah, you. Where Clip looks I go for fight. Chinese buffet on the way home. Hit up a Mexican restaurant. Wow. Yeah. Good God, Taco Bell. I mean, it's just an all-out international war zone in the <laughs> belly. Yeah, I don't. I don't. May the best man win. Yeah, no, I'm not doing all that. All right. Plus, no. I've got you know, I don't, I don't need this thing to stick around for any longer than it, <laughs> it has. Steve says, Shirley. <laughs> poop emoji. Poop emoji. Uh, we'll talk to Mr. Poop at some point soon, Billy Weaver. Maybe he can Crap. help you out, actually. Crap. Have you talked to Weave? No, I have not talked to Weave. <laughs> He's slinging poop meds across <laughs> eastern North Carolina. Crap. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it, look, if, 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 it'll, if it'll help, <laughs> I may give him a call in there the morning. All right, so uh, crappy started the show today, but oh, wow. reality is reality. Dude. This is what we're Dude. dealing with. You at home may be sick right now, and our thoughts are with you. Are with you. Uh, look a salty. East Carolina back at practice. Uh, we will have comments from Mike Houston coming up Thursday on our social media accounts. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, MySpace, Snapchat, Tinder. I don't even think MySpace is a thing anymore. Does Pirate Radio have a Tinder profile? I would say no. Okay. We do have a TikTok. We have a TikTok. We, we do have a TikTok. Good to know. CJ, you were out there earlier today. Uh, how did they look coming off a day of being, uh, you know, hovering over and sitting on the toilet? Did you have to do interviews in the bathroom? <laughs> uh, I'll start by saying I have an anonymous source that I talked to out there who said, uh, look at this there's guy. a good, it's got I, I can't say names, can't say names. Look at an anonymous, anonymous source guy over here. Yep. All right. Um, can't reveal your sources. That's right. There's a good chunk of the defense that's still not out there. So they're still sick. So mm missing a decent chunk of the defense um i saw more people Stop saying chunk reminds me of vomit blowing chunks yeah well that's probably what they're doing yeah so but that's topical just let's keep it classy all right missing quite a few players on the defensive side all right how about that a spew of player a slew of yeah anyway oh god okay <laughs> jesus um saw more more players than normal get corrected on uh 
some of their drills, whether it was form or whether it was a little too sluggish. You know, I can't wait to hear from Mike Houston tomorrow. Everything was going. It was terrible. It, going it, it, it was so it, well, maybe too well. And now you have this day where the whole team is gone. They come back. Part of the team is gone. And you just said there, maybe uh, some more corrections going on at practice. Like, sure, they they showed up sluggish. You would, you know, assume that to be the case. But we might get the first, like, angry, concerned, upset Mike Houston when we talk to him. We'll see on Thursday. But, like, I, I thought that might be a possibility that it, things were going almost too smooth at camp, yeah. you know? And they're probably disappointed, too. This should have been day two of uh, practicing with pads but didn't get that today did they have the pads on they did not okay i thought they had shoulder pads on just no pants it was supposed to be full pads yes he said it was supposed to be day two of full pads no padded pants sure okay i was just clarifying we got that shells bro shells no full pads were you the only person that didn't understand i thought y'all just said no pads no, I no, meant I meant full, full pads. pads. Oh, okay, not uh, you know what though? A lot of people don't know. I heard no pads. Okay, and that means no pads. Period. And then you said shoulder pads, no pants. Yeah. Okay. So well, got let, pads on. Let me question that. They're running around just commando out there. You know what? It's the best way to play football. <laughs> hey, what is the purpose of that? For those of you just tuning in, let's place <laughs> well, our bets what? on what they they're going to wear to practice tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, assless chaps, <laughs> uh, sandals, and sombreros. That's what I would go with tomorrow. Mm. All right, just so we're up to date, East Carolina has not had a full padded practice. Today was supposed to be the second day of full pads. So we are a little behind the proverbial eight ball at this moment. Yeah. Anything to add? I mean, what is what else is there to add? I think that's that we've said enough. Let's wrap it up. We'll see you Thursday, three o'clock, on an all new edition of Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. Anything else, CJ, from practice today? Um, saw some uh, special teams drills today. More than we usually, or I don't know what they do after we leave, but more special teams drills than we're used to seeing uh kickoffs saw keaton mitchell take a few i was gonna ask did you see mitchell back there Mm. Mm, when we talked to keaton the other day he was very excited to say that he was uh on the kickoff for team. he made it sound like i I was talking about kickoff returns and he would just say i'm on the kickoff team i saw him take and he said something about blocking like if he's on the kickoff team i don't expect him to be a lead blocker no i would expect him to get the ball but you saw him back there uh, he was fielding it yeah doing some kick returns Mm -hmm. that's exciting man that's a new that's a a whole nother weapon in the arsenal absolutely yeah and it's uh very important to get good field positions especially on kickoff returns speak on that a little bit i feel like speak on that i feel like there's a lot of touchbacks in the game of football now well, especially since you can fair catch. I know. Clip, wasn't that your uh, your least favorite rule in sports? Mine was the touchback when an offensive player is going in to score a touchdown. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, I'm fine with kickoff touch because you have the option. They're you know they're not forcing you to. You can get it at the two. You fair catch it at the two, but it's going to go to the twenty five. Right. Um, but you're right. We do see a lot, and we'll see what East Carolina's philosophy on that is will they let keaton or whoever's returning kicks take it regardless of where they field it or will they just settle for the 25 yard line 
I don't know. I would say let him get. I would uh, say uh, let him roll. Let him roll. Get get to where you. I would say the goal for Keaton on every single return would be to get to at least the forty yard line. <laughs> That's a hell of a goal. If we could do that. Um, I mean, because Keaton's not the biggest guy. He can find a crease and get there quick, especially if he just plants his feet and go and gets good blocking up front. Well, we heard him Saturday say he's gotten faster if he finds some open space. What I want to see from Keaton Mitchell is kind of like you see in baseball. You saw it with Bryson Worrell in the American Conference Tournament where you get under the ball and you really run up to the ball to catch it. I want to see him actually running, <laughs> taking off, and as he's running, catching the football and just taking off and going. So he's already at about 75, 80% full speed when he catches as the ball. As he catches the football and then just go. <laughs> and before people can even block, he's yeah. by the people blocking. At that point, he is running past his blockers. <laughs> they don't even have time to set up. So, uh, sure, I'm on board. I am fully on board with Keaton Mitchell kickoff returns. And uh, if he gets banged up, loses his breath, guess what? We got Rajay in a first uh, first down. Yeah, and with all and, the to- and with all the touchbacks going on in college football now, I feel like kickoffs are a time to kind of just chill and relax. But for East Carolina fans, if you have Keaton Mitchell back there, everybody's going to be on their feet, thinking, "All right, is this where?" About like every time he gets the football on offense, is, will he take it to the house? All right, good stuff. We'll hear from Mike Houston coming up Thursday uh, with more from East Carolina fall camp. Uh, Some uh, bad news at a Wake Forest fall camp. So this is a statement from Wake Forest. uh, Following a workout on Tuesday, Sam Hartman, who is the signal caller for one of the most explosive offenses in football with the Demon Deacons. He's been there a while now. Uh, he sought medical attention for a non-football related condition Uh, the results of those tests and subsequent treatment will remove Sam from team activities indefinitely Mm. the timeline for his return to competition is uncertain so and it says with HIPAA no additional details will be shared at this time so wake forest uh will be without sam hartman for a while and i don't know if uh an answer as to why has come out this was from uh seven or so hours ago so maybe the reason why is out there i haven't seen it but either way that is uh you know it's bad in real life what really matters for sam hartman but from a football perspective tough to lose your Starting quarterback, Wake Forest is supposed to be a top 25-ish team this year. absolutely. Went to the ACC championship championship game last year. Perhaps challenge uh, NC State and Clemson in the Atlantic side to win the ACC. Uh, And now they are going to have to go a different route at quarterback. Yeah, and uh, Sam Hartman, uh, you know, the captain of that football team and that very strange – what an RPO offense that they run there in Winston-Salem. But to lose your quarterback – uh, right here in the midst of fall camp is, is tough, but it's it, what's scary is that it's non-football related, but you hope that he can get better and get treated for whatever is uh, uh, the issue with Sam Hartman. But yeah, definitely a blow for the Demon Deacons as they are approaching their uh, 2022 season. So there was that news. Uh, I watched a football television program last night. Shirley, can you give me the Hard Knocks music? Um, I loaded it on your, your folder there. If I can get that. Oh, man. I was really jacked up for it yesterday. Are you crying? You're crying. It does make me tear up at times. Just makes me emotional, you know? 
it's another sign that football is almost here and last night was episode one of hard knocks detroit lions edition who all watched it in here i have not but can i watch it on hbo max i got nobody else watched it yeah you can watch it on hbo max where do you think i watched it regular tv no. I actually i actually was trying to find the field of dreams game last night because for some reason i thought it was supposed to be played but it was actually the minor league baseball <laughs> league of dream uh, field of dreams game so i watched a little bit of that but <laughs> go back to bed grandma <laughs> <laughs> bite me <laughs> when is that game shirley i don't know i thought it was at seven o'clock last night but <laughs> <laughs> for whatever reason you saying that's funny i was trying to find the game <laughs> surely i know why you couldn't find it why and i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you something to, don't look for it tonight look for it tomorrow night thursday august 11th you're gonna watch it on the plane you were off by two days <laughs> no i'll be in toronto by then so i can watch it in the hotel room. oh toronto. Ooh, huge flex huge flex huge flex alert i, wow, saw, Shirley, the, you uh, to toronto? I saw the jerseys Sorry. that the uh cubs and reds are going to be wearing they are old school. All right, so none I of, enjoyed them. I, I enjoyed the hats and everything. I thought yeah. the hat for the Cubs was pretty cool. Yes. So none of us losers watched uh, Hard Knocks last night. Give us your review Hard of Knocks. The, Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks. Yeah. Sorry. Give us your review of Episode One featuring the Detroit Lions. All right. Uh, first, a question: Do you like Dan Campbell? I do. He I is do. a feisty man. Well, guess what? Y'all are going to enjoy Hard Knocks because it's a lot of Dan Campbell, and I too like dan campbell because i think he is pretty genuine and he's real in fact now that i think about it that's what his assistant coaches were saying last night on hard knocks but it was a whole lot of him the lines do not have star power none they are missing that none zero zilch in fact i wanted to see more of my my keeper deandre swift and didn't really see much of him at all so a lot of jamal williams a little jared goff and uh, a lot of Aiden Hutchinson, their number one draft pick out of Michigan. Uh, I like it. It was entertaining. The Lions are <laughs> – Dan Campbell made them go full contact like very early on in training camp to the point where guys were like – their kneecaps off. Looking at them funny. Like, really? Are we doing this? And uh, I think they run things a little differently. He is going to – try to whip those guys into shape and uh i'm i'm excited to to watch the rest of it it was good i think you'll enjoy it yeah i can't wait to watch it i'll try to watch it tonight either before trivia or after i get home from trivia you are mr can't wait i am mr cannot wait and i could watch it right now i'd watch it right now and I, i think that's a good thing chandler to have things in life you're looking forward to you know what i'm saying yeah but i think that could be an issue i think you need to live in the present and not look towards the future wise words yeah you do the opposite of that i know so why are you saying that when you yourself do the exact opposite of that because i i struggle with that and i think it's a negative negative thing in my life (laughs) well thank you for talking it out today i need to start living in the present let's live right here i need to stop saying i can't wait right you need to wait you need to live in this show right now how about this let's have our best show ever today let's do it all right I just want to have the best second ever in my life right now and then now. You're right. And then now. Yeah. It's all about now. There you go. I like that, Chandler. Good good man. Good man. All right. Anything to update on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck? That answer is yes. The Mets keep winning. 
They lead the Reds seven to two. Brewers over the Rays two to one in the fourth inning. Chandler's Nats leading the Cubs one nothing in Chicago in the fourth inning. Let's go. Uh Braves get off the Schneid thanks to Shirley's Red Sox last night. Amazing slide by Ronald Acuna Jr. to get in and did y'all see that? What y'all do? What did y'all do last night? I saw it. Okay, you saw it. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I watched some of the game. I didn't watch all of it. Taylor, what'd you do last night? I don't like baseball. That's fine. What'd you do I'm last just, night? I, I lived in the I lived in the present at the time. At the time. Do you not want to say what you did? Did you do something nefarious? Did you? Oh, last night. I've asked you like four times. Oh but... no, I just chilled. I hung. I hung out. What is that? Okay, son. I know what that means <laughs> when you tell a parent or tell someone older than you, like me. You just chill. You can't do nothing. So what'd you do? Yeah, you can do nothing. So describe your nothing to me. Sat on the couch, watched TV. What did you watch? Here we go. Now we're getting some details. You know who I am. I I, I pull up random YouTube videos. What did you watch? Devin Funches highlights. Okay? <laughs> okay? I can, <laughs> I can see why you don't want to bring that up. Okay? okay. Are you happy now? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, Are you happy? No. Did you I, see Devin Funches on Hard Knocks last night? Because he's a part of the Detroit Lions. I did not see him. <laughs> Okay, right. I saw a Twitter. Uh, I saw a tweet, and it said that Devin Funches is uh, fat now, and it's a tie. He's fat, and I said, you know what? That was a damn good football player for the for the Carolina Panthers. And you can look at me funny. He was pretty good. All right, let me look for up. a split second. Let me look up the numbers on Devin Funches and his NFL <sighs> career. All right. But I said, I want to go and I want to relive those days of Devin Funches in Carolina. That's what I did. All right. Thank you for being honest. Jesus. There you go. I'm glad we pulled that out of you. Do you want me? You, you want to know what time I used the bathroom to and what time I went to bed? No. Devin Funches highlights is enough. 2017, 63 catches, 840 yards, eight touchdowns. Yeah. That's a good year. Mm hmm. That was about the only good year. That's it. But that was a good year. In fact, it was the 2017 highlights that I watched. Uh, he was a COVID opt-out in 2020, and he did not play in 2021. He hadn't played since 2019, where he played one game. For the Green Bay Packers? Indianapolis Colts. Look, was it a good game? Three receptions. Three for 32. I'd call it a solid day. I'd say he ballpark. made some moolah. All right, there is your Devin Funches <laughs> update. Let's take a break. We'll come back when we return. The voice Jeff Charles will join us. We'll talk Pirate football, a little NFL, and more with The Voice when we return on Pirate Radio Live here Wednesday. We're back with you after this. to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Drive a little and save a lot at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. They have a great selection of new pre-owned and pre-owned uh, vehicles, plus offers 
uh, service to make uh, to all makes and models in a state-of-the-art facility. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington and online at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you. Pirate Radio Live on a Wednesday. Coming up at 4 o'clock, we'll talk to Mr. Cold Takes himself. Freezing Cold Takes, Old Takes Exposed on Twitter. His name is Fred Siegel. He's got a new book that is out right now. And uh, we will discuss that. He's also, when we were setting up this interview, has a connection to Miami and attended uh, an East Carolina beatdown of Miami back in the Marcus Crandall days. So uh, we'll talk about uh, the Pirates a little bit as well with Fred at 4 o'clock. Patrick Mason joins us in Hour 2. Stephen Igo, Hour 3. But right now, we'll head out to the Pirate Radio Live line and visit with The Voice, Jeff Charles, here on this Wednesday. Jeff, how you doing today? Cliff, I'm doing great. I'm still trying to get my head around this deal that the Big Ten has put together, this <laughs> media deal, which is mind-boggling. When you talk about $1 billion, as in babe and boy, $1 billion a year in media rights is what we're talking about, and they're going to have CBS, NBC, ESPN, and Fox all involved in their media deal. You know, for those of us who have been around this uh, game for a long time, Clip, uh, those numbers, I don't think anybody could have ever predicted we would see that in college athletics someday. But that day is here, and the Big Ten's really going to break the bank with this deal. Yeah, the, the numbers are strange. Just the thought of it is strange to me, Jeff, seeing – Big Ten football and CBS seeing really any football outside of Notre Dame on NBC is going to be strange. And I guess not having that noon game on ESPN uh, that we're used to from the Big Ten, uh, that's out the window as well. But uh, I even used a line uh, from you, Jeff, when we uh, were talking about it yesterday with Ellerby on Pirate Radio Live. You you keep up with the times, you get left behind. So I'm just kind of here for the ride, I guess. Whatever whatever happens, happens. I'll be watching football on some network uh, from some conference and yeah the the big 10 news uh coming out is is crazy i was a little disappointed jeff i was a little worried that we were going to lose that iconic uh cbs college football theme uh that introduces every 330 sec game of course you can also hear it on cbs sports network but i I guess they'll repurpose that for uh for big 10 football moving forward i don't know yeah i heard about that too clip and uh i think that is going to be the case i'm not exactly sure how they're going to schedule all of this i read something the other day that there are going to be triple headers of big 10 football so people who like big 10 football i guess can sit there on a saturday and watch three games if that's what (laughs) you want to do on the various networks i think they're still trying to figure out how it's all going to be scheduled but my goodness you talk about dominating a saturday with one conference that's what this Big Ten deal is going to be. And you know, down the road, the SEC is, is going to do something similar. Yeah. So when you talk about uh, the Big Two now, you know, for years we kept talking about the Power Five, but yeah, it's really become now the Power Two. And uh, you can just see this with all the money now that's being thrown around and all these multimedia rights deals. And, Jeff, we were kind of looking ahead, speculating uh, that, you know, if this goes into effect in 2023, uh, the Michigan Wolverines will open up with the East Carolina Pirates in the big house. So uh, who knows? Maybe the first Big Ten game on uh, CBS could be East Carolina and Michigan uh, coming up in 2023. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? It uh, really would be, Clip. And, uh, you know, when you talk about you talk about Michigan, you talk about Jim Harbaugh, they came back 
last year. I mean, they were ready to run him out of Ann Arbor before last season, and then last year they came back and had uh, a really good year, and they're expected to be right there with Ohio State again this year in the Big Ten. I think preseason rankings came out the other day, and Michigan was number six. So they're right back to where you know they usually are in their glory days, and as we all know, we can be reminded every day by Appalachian State fans it can happen. Remember when the Mountaineers came to Ann Arbor and pulled off one of the all-time great upsets, really, in regular season college football. So there will be a lot of talk about this game among Pirate faithful next year at this time, Clip. And, you know, it, it's drivable from North Carolina. No, it's a, it's a long drive. And believe me, uh, I know that drive very well. And it's a long way from eastern North Carolina and really points throughout North Carolina to Ann Arbor. But it is drivable in one day if people would like to do that. It would be from Greenville. It would be just about a 13-hour drive, hmm. Greenville. But, you know, it is drivable in one day if people would really like to do that. But I have a feeling a lot of folks will, will try and go to the game and, and fly into Detroit. And Detroit to Ann Arbor is only about 45 or 50 minutes, especially where the airport's located. It's located on the Ann Arbor side. So it would be a pretty easy trip as far as the flight's concerned, but... Yeah, I'm already excited about that game, Clip. I broadcast a game in Ann Arbor many, many years ago when I was doing University of Illinois football and basketball. And so I've been there one time before, but it's uh, quite a spectacle when you get like 108,000 people in a football stadium. And Jeff Charles can uh, let you know all the uh, the great spots to stop between Greenville and Ann Arbor too, right? Uh, with that trek you've made uh, throughout the years. So Jeff, you're a veteran at this. And speaking real quick of of Michigan football, the state of Michigan, uh, watched Hard Knocks last night, and they are showing the Detroit Lions this year. And uh, you know Dan Campbell's their coach. He became famous last off season when he was talking about biting the kneecaps of the opponents and all that and it sounded kind of hokey and then you see this team who is not very talented and they they fight every week they 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 scratch together a few wins they're in a lot of ball games they lose a lot of heartbreakers and now they return to camp for year two and he's uh preaching that same grit and and i i I believe the guy he is genuine when he talks he's got a coaching staff full of guys that i watched growing up uh aaron glenn the the cornerback and deuce staley uh the running back and a, a bunch of other former players on his staff and they are trying to build something there jeff but as you know uh building something in the detroit Lions for whatever reason just has not worked throughout the years and i don't know if dan campbell's going to be the guy i know he's going to do all he can to somehow uh turn the Lions into a winner after all these years well, Dan Campbell is a guy that's brought interest to a franchise that, as you mentioned, Clip, has just been so bad for so long. And so that that's a good thing. And, and people up here are talking about the hard knocks and the episodes that they have seen already. You know, you, you pull for the Lions because they're the underdogs and they've been down for so long. I don't know how good or how bad they're going to be again this year, but you know, Detroit is such a great sports town, Clip, and I was just there about a week ago. And you've got the four major sports there, but all of them are down right now. You know, the Tigers are just awful. And then the Red Wings have been down for a few years. They just made a coaching change. They haven't been to the playoffs. The Pistons are down. They've got a young core, and they're trying to, to rebuild. And, of course, we talk about the Lions, and they've been one of the losingest franchises in the NFL for, you know, a decade or so now. So 
it's been really tough for Detroit sports fans, and it's such a great sports city when those teams are winning. You know, those fields, those arenas uh, and stadiums are full. But they just haven't had much to cheer about here lately. And uh, maybe the Lions will be a breath of fresh air and surprise some people this year. Yeah, always uh, fun to root for the underdog. And uh, on that note, Orioles win again, Jeff. This is really becoming uh, remarkable. We talked to Mark Brown, Camden Chat on the show yesterday. And I kind of set it up. I said, Mark, this isn't an insult, but... The Orioles don't belong. I mean, we're talking about the Yankees and the Astros and the Blue Jays and Rays, teams with a lot of talent, teams with pedigree. And the O's are trying to crash this party. They beat the Blue Jays again last night, and now they are tied for the final wild card spot. And I'm trying to think, Jeff, you know, who is the, again, no offense, the worst team to ever make the playoffs. But when you look at the the pieces uh, in the Orioles lineup, they they just don't really fit in with the other playoff teams and the way they look. So it has been incredible. They went again last night, and uh, folks are starting to catch the fever there in Baltimore, uh, speaking of underdogs here. Yeah, no doubt, and Camden Yards is such a great place to watch a baseball game clip. It's uh, one of the great stadiums, really, in the country. And like you, I, I kind of keep waiting for the Orioles to crash. <laughs> but here they are now, six games over five hundred at 58-52. and 52. And, you know, they were sellers at the trade deadline when they dumped Trey Mancini and then got rid of the closer, Lopez. So I thought maybe they're kind of pulling their horns back in a little bit and trading some of their top players for prospects, but they just – Keep on winning, and, you know, they've got some good young players now on that team that a lot of people don't know about, but they're playing very, very well. So it's one of the really feel-good stories in Major League Baseball this year, and I think as long as this thing goes along, Cliff, you'll see more and more people jumping on the bandwagon, and hopefully that means the crowd's coming back to Camden Yards because, as we both know, when Baltimore is good, that's a really good baseball town yeah. to come out to Camden Yards and really support the Orioles. But, you know, like we're talking about the Detroit Lions, the Baltimore Orioles have just been so bad for so long. The interest has waned with them. But maybe now they're going to get some people back into the ballpark, which would be great. So the longer this goes on now, and here we are nearing uh, mid-August, you know, they've got about six more weeks to go. If they can hang in there and win their share of games, it would be a great story to see the Orioles in the playoffs. Can the O's take a third straight from the Blue Jays? You can hear tonight right here on Pirate Radio as they are catching up uh, with those Blue Jays. Just two games behind now uh, in the AL East, the challenging AL East. We got it for you tonight, 7 o'clock here on Pirate Radio. That'll air after our Pirate Radio podcast edition with the Players Lounge. And Jeff, I'm glad we were able to talk to these guys Monday and uh, not yesterday because they were unavailable yesterday. How about a practice being canceled because of, uh, I guess, a food poisoning uh, event that went on throughout the team that had everybody uh, under the weather? Yeah, that was very disappointing yesterday. And I know how coaches are, and they try and maximize every single minute of every single practice. And I'm sure they were pulling their hair out yesterday knowing that they couldn't get out on the field and uh, they canceled of course the practice yesterday and i know they weren't happy campers but you got to take care of the players and that that was strange can't go out there and, and get people continue to get them sick so that they made that decision to call out practice yesterday so you know, food poisoning is, is no joke. I've ever had it. You know, sometimes, you know, it, it takes you a while to, to get back on track because it really depletes you. 
And so I'm sure some of those guys were pretty ill yesterday. And, you know, it's not like they're going to pop out of bed today and be 100%. It takes a while sometimes for your body to to refunction and get rid of that stuff. So, you know, it's uh, it's not good. You don't want to see that happen in August. You don't want to see it happen anytime. But I guess if there's a silver lining in a clip, uh, if it was going to happen, it was better happening now than you know, if uh, we're here in game week and something like this would crop up. Yeah, let's go ahead and get out of the way uh, right now instead of uh, a month from now. And, uh, and Jeff, it is kind of a shame, too, because, I mean, th- th- it seemed like everything was going so well, so smooth. And you've been around coaches long enough to know when they're being honest with you or when they're holding a lot back. And Mike Houston, as far as coaches go, he's not going to tell you everything, but I'd say he's – He's pretty honest. If things aren't going good, he'll let you know. He had seemed really pre, uh, pleased with the way this team came in, Jeff, uh, to start fall camp. We're a weekend now. He was very optimistic, very upbeat about uh, his team last week. And I think that that goes for how he feels overall about this program right now. He's very happy with where they are heading into year four. And uh, he's saying a lot of different things this year than he was that first year, Jeff. Uh, he was here for fall camp. I know that much. Yeah, well, there's no doubt he's in a totally different situation, Cliff, than he was uh, that first year when he had to come in here and almost totally rebuild the entire program from scratch. And now, as you mentioned, he's in his fourth year, so it's a whole different scenario. And The Pirates have 14 players coming back as starters, seven on offense and seven on defense. And you and I have talked about it over the last year or so. The depth factor is just so much better now. You know, they have so many more bodies to, to deal with, especially up front in the trenches and give the coaches a lot of credit. They have made that a priority in recruiting. We've got to go out. We've got to get guys who uh, can line up on the defensive line and and certainly on the offensive line as well. And they've done a good job uh, in recruiting in both of those areas, and those are not easy areas to recruit in. So hats off to them. They've worked extremely hard. And, again, uh, Mike Houston's uh, enthusiasm is really good to see. This time of year, I think he feels like the program is pointed in the right way. I know when then he and I talk uh, off the air, he always says, just give me some time. You know, we'll get this thing fixed and we'll get it back on the rails. And I think we saw that last year with the seven wins. And, you know, another thing we don't talk a whole lot about, Cliff, that we probably should talk more about is that this team had a winning record in the American Athletic Conference last year at five and three. And so that says a lot, too, about where the program is. You just hope the guys can pick up from last year and have another strong season, put together another winning season this year. It's not going to be easy. As you know, the USA Today Coaches Bowl came out this week, and there are three top 25 teams on that schedule this year for the Pirates, and then two other schools, BYU and UCF, they're knocking on the door of the top 25. So, I mean, this schedule's tough. It's really tough. And the Pirates are going to have to bring their A game every time out if they're going to have a winning season this year. Kind of surprising, Jeff. I read that this was the highest NC State has been in a preseason poll and uh, one spot higher than Phillip Rivers' Wolfpack, at least going into a season. Uh, so you, I guess you could say expectations uh, at an all-time high over there in Raleigh. Um, I, I, I like that. Uh, I think that's a good thing. NC State, uh, I think like East Carolina, plays better as the underdog. So maybe we get a, a Wolfpack team that's a little overconfident. I know Dave Doran uh, will not to allow his team to think that way but kind of found it interesting jeff that this is the highest they've ever been ranked going into a season 
Yeah, they're talking a big game, as you well know, Clip, in, in Raleigh with NC State football this year, and I think it'll be really interesting if the Pirates uh, can go into the fourth quarter with that game here in a couple of weeks and and have a shot and be competitive because, uh, you know, at that point, East Carolina's really got everything to gain and nothing to lose, and you flip the coin on the other side, and there will be some pressure on NC State with all of the, the great buildup that they've had this year, so... It's never an easy game when NC State comes to Greenville. I can tell you that. I've watched a lot of them over the years. The Pirates always seem to play well at Downey Thicklin Stadium against the Wolfpack. And I know the Pirate fans will be out there. And uh, the scene will be set for an upset to start to start the season. So, already looking forward to that game. I know Pirate fans are, too. Absolutely, Jeff. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. And looking forward to another season of Pirate football. Looking forward to visiting with The Voice on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Uh, enjoy our chats on game day, Jeff. And uh, another thing that we were talking about it, I think uh, last week that can't wait to see you in here with your uh, your giant flip cards with the rosters on them and all the news and notes and stats. And uh, that, that's a welcome sight on a uh, game day morning. Love seeing that from you, voice. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a labor of love. I can uh, <laughs> I can assure you that clip. Uh, we start you know on Monday and start our research to get ready for the game on Saturday and. Hopefully Pirate fans enjoy it as much as we enjoy bringing the action to them each week. Yes, sir. Jeff, thanks for joining us today. We'll check in with you again next week, one week closer to football. We'll uh, we'll talk to you then, voice. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Cliff. All right, Jeff Charles joining us here on a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We'll take a timeout, come back, wrap up hour number one, get you set for hour two, where we'll talk to Fred Siegel, author of the new book, The Freezing Cold Takes NFL Edition football's most inaccurate predictions and the fascinating stories behind them fred will join us at four o'clock patrick mason in hour number two steven Igo hour three and we'll make you a winner in hour three of today's show it's all ahead on pirate radio live back with you after this Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is AJ McMurphy's. AJ says daily food and drink specials. And an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. There's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Brock. AJ says live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Bike with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Sports trivia tonight, 8 o'clock. AJ McMurphy's come on out. The questions are done. I forgot to include one, so I can ask it here on the program. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> Make sure I got it right. Um, was it Devin Funches? It is not Devin Funches. His name always reminds me of Funyuns. How about y'all? Where did Devin Funches go to school? Michigan. Okay. I, yeah. Uh, it was Shohei Otani. Is that so? Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani. Yeah, bro, he rakes. So Shohei Otani, yes, moved into second all time 
uh, home runs in Major League Baseball for Japanese-born players. Name number one and number three on the list. Who did he jump in front of last night? Did I just see it on there? Say it. See something, say something. Did I see Babe Ruth? <laughs> First of all, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, all right, it's Babe Ruth. Then you said Japanese player. Chandler, <laughs> you amaze me every day. Hmm, who was it? Japanese. This would require me knowing a good handful of Japanese players. Yeah, I mean, there's um, one you should know. Ichiro? Yes. Oh, well, I didn't think he'd be up that high. He's number three on the list, oh, and wow. number one... <gasps> You don't know. Hideki Matsui? Yeah. Really? Way to go, guys. <laughs> Teamwork, baby. Godzilla. Hideki Matsui. Hideki is how we like to say it. Uh, I like Hideki. <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, yeah. Matsui. I played for the Yankees. The uh, Bronx Bummers. That's right. Won yeah. a World Series in New York. And uh, he was a masher. So there you go. Good job. Kind of. I, I got the first name. He got the last name. I still say I almost said Hideki Matsuyama, the golfer. <laughs> I still say Babe Who Ruth also rakes. is the best, especially when he hits out of a sand trap. Am I right? Babe <laughs> 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 Ruth, best uh, Japanese-born player in baseball well, history. Well, that's what threw me off because I saw him beside Shohei Otani, and you quickly went away. Because like, right, well, I know the answer, and then I was like. <laughs> Then you said Japanese-born baseball player, and I was like, all right, well, I guess it's not him. Babe Ruth, common Japanese name. <laughs> Babe Ruth, Barry Bonds, Ted Williams. Come on. Where do you think we got these names from? Our friends to the east. All right. Uh, so there's a, a little preview of what's to come tonight. Hideki Matsui. Got a lot, of, uh, a lot of football for you guys tonight. Cool. And other Great. sports. Some college. Uh, That's when I know football is near. That's when I know it. When you go football heavy at sports trivia at AJ McMurphy. Signs football are near. The Hard Knocks theme. Jeff Charles and his. Rick Flair. Oh. <laughs> well, that. But more so is. What am I doing, Chandler? I don't know. Does anyone really care? His flip card with all of the. Oh, yeah. On the on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Don't you love it? That's going to be back 8 o'clock on September 3rd. But he'll bring in. It takes up about half of this table, and then he goes through the defenses, and then he flips it, and there's, well, say it's the defense on the first side, you flip it, and it's the offense. That was a good explanation of what I was trying to talk about. I could not express it verbally. Yeah. So thank you for helping me yeah, out. Yeah, that's why I'm here. Another sign football is near Shirley Rhodes. Do we have the high school coach interviews from earlier this week? Uh, if we do. Uh, yeah, I do believe so. I would yeah, like to I've hear. Uh, let's hear from Nate Connor real quick, because we are just – we got just one more Friday without football uh, in the high school ranks. We'll have Conley football coming your way next Friday right here on Pirate Radio. Here was Nate Connor uh, the other day at Big Carolina 3A4A Media Day. All right, Coach, the uh, poll came out. Newbern picked to win it all. What did you think of that? Well, they, they had a fantastic team last year. They got a lot of players come back. I mean, they really ran through our conference last year. It was impressive what they did, and uh, so I think a lot of people respect that. You know they have a great program going in there, and uh, you know we'll, we'll have our work cut out for us going against them in late October. That's a long time from now, though, isn't it, for you guys? You know, it is a long time, and that's the thing about this league. We know every team in this league is is capable, and by the time we get in conference play, uh, everybody's kind of figured out what their identity is this year, and they want to come play well in conference, and week in and week out, 
you know, we play we play Havelock, and then we got to turn around and play J.H. Rose, who played in the state championship last year, and Havelock took them to overtime the last game of the season. And then you got to play Newburn um, and Jacksonville, who went to the Eastern Finals. So it's it's quite a league, but it's, it makes a lot of fun, and you know every team's going to be prepared and coached at that point in the season. You've had a string of uh, great run of quarterback play at D.H. Conley, breaking in a new one this year. What, what's that like for you guys? It's fun. Um, you know, and, and Jason Herring has done a fantastic job. You know, he's been in our program for, for four years now, and he's done a great job leading up to this point. And we've had some special ones. And what's kind of cool to me about all that is each one of those has kind of laid a foundation and left an impact on our program. And, and now – you know, each one of those, what they've done is built into Jason, and now Jason's going to have the opportunity to leave his stamp on D.H. Conley football, and excited to see that happen. Coach, we talked, you know, a little bit ago about the competition level, and you, you really enjoy that even in the in the initial games. So, you know, how much did that pay off last year as you went through, and now you got, you know, carried on into this year? Oh, it's fantastic. You know, we want to figure out who we are early on. We want We challenge ourselves. We're going to play a great team in Laney. Uh, week one, who went to the second round of the playoffs last year, had a really good program. They got a lot coming back. Um, playing Cleveland, who played them in the second round, knocked them out, and has a great program. We figure out, we, we play a hard conference schedule, and that's when we want to do our best. So we want to challenge ourselves in those situations to find out who we are, like we said, like everybody else does, and, and put ourselves in the best position to be ready for conference play when we come to it. All right, Nate Connor fired up for some high school football, some D.H. Conley football returning to the Pirate Radio Airwaves. Um, during this program, later on this week, we'll sprinkle in more interviews we have with the high school coaches uh, from a fun day at Parker's earlier this week. All right, let's get a break in. We'll come back when we return. We'll talk to the man behind the freezing cold takes account at Old Takes Exposed on Twitter. He is Fred Siegel. He's got a new book coming out. It, it's out right now. It came out yesterday. We'll talk about it and some of the historical freezing cold takes of all time in the sports world. That's on the way when we return. Pirate Radio Live after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency. From maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk, Town's insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance questions, call 756-8300 today. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Cliff Rock. Alrighty, back with you here, Pirate Radio Live on a Wednesday. We'll talk to the Daily Reflectors, Patrick Mason, coming up. In about 30 minutes or so, talk some Pirate football, talk some MLB, look at the playoff picture with the O's all of a sudden in that picture. We've got Orioles baseball for you tonight right here on Pirate Radio as they try to knock off the Blue Jays for the third straight night. So we'll talk some baseball, football with Patrick Mason. Steven Igo, Hoist the Colors, joins us in hour number three of today's program. And right now we'll welcome on 
Fred Siegel, uh, at Old Takes Exposed on Twitter. I'm sure you're familiar with that Twitter feed. Freezing Cold Takes, one of my favorite follows. And Fred has a book out now, Freezing Cold Takes NFL, Football Media's Most Inaccurate Predictions and the Fascinating Stories Behind Them. And Fred joins us today on Pirate Radio Live. Fred, appreciate your time. How are you doing today? great thanks for having me absolutely and uh fred before we get started on the book the the persona behind the twitter account and and all and all things cold takes when we were setting up this interview i told you i was with pirate radio we cover east carolina and beyond and uh, i guess you have an affiliation to the miami hurricanes and you have some uh some not so great hurricane memories when it comes to east carolina you uh you remember the pirates on the football field right yeah, well, I don't really, I'm not really a big fan of the University of Miami Hurricanes myself. I'm a, I am went to the University of Florida, and that's who I've always been um, advocating for. I'm a huge Florida Gator. But uh, I grew up in Miami, and I remember all the University of Miami games. I followed all of them. And I went to a game, I think I was in maybe ninth grade, at the time, four, 13, 14, 15 years old, and um, it was the uh, Miami, it was the Orange Bowl. And East Carolina absolutely destroyed Miami. It was like 34 to 6, I think. Yeah. You you brought up the names Marcus Crandall, oh, Scott Harley. Crandall, yeah. And Robert Harley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Right. And then the year before, the Canes kind of broke out into their like mini dynasty from 2000 to 2002. It was 1999 um, game. It was, I guess you told me, you corrected me on DM that it was in, it was in Raleigh. Yeah. Because of the hurricane, and it was uh, it, it, East Carolina won that game. Now, was that who was the quarterback there? That was uh, David Garrard, future uh, Jacksonville Jaguar. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, okay. And Miami had Miami had Santana Moss and Reggie Wayne. They were juniors, and but their quarterback was Kenny Kelly. And that, later in that year, Ken Dorsey replaced him, and that was the Miami. I still remember from that game, Miami's running back uh, was injured, so they put in a little-known younger back named Clinton Portis. I mean, it was like, it was incredible, all the talent on the field for the Hurricanes those years. And then, yeah, and then, when Frank Gore, and then when Frank Gore got injured in 2001, Portis, after 2001, Portis went to the, to the NFL, and Frank Gore was supposed to be the running back, and he got injured, and then um, they brought in an unknown Willis McGinn. <laughs> the rich get richer we've got somewhat of a recent history with the florida gators played them in a bowl game uh at the end of the shane card and justin hardy era and then played them in the swamp and the pirates had the ball chance to go in zay jones is wide open but the ball slips out of blake kemp's hand and that was the first game of the jim McElwain era i believe there uh for it i was the first or second game of that yeah um i was will greer we had will greer for about yeah. five minutes i remember his dad played for ecu yep um yeah so uh, chad greer at the same time that mark rick was there for a little while as a coach and uh, as we connect these East Carolina dots with Fred Siegel, there's another one, and it's in your book, Fred, and uh, kind of unfortunate, but the cold takes uh, go after everyone. Nobody is safe. And Jimmy Johnson had one when he was the Miami Dolphins coach talking about uh, his third-round pick, Larry Shannon, and how he was taller, faster, better than Randy Moss. Larry Shannon was a great receiver here at East Carolina, but comparing him to Randy Moss is a bad look for Jimmy Johnson, uh, it turns out. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of coaches were just sick of hearing about how they passed on Randy Moss in that draft. 
Randy Moss had a lot of character issues or seemingly character issues going into the draft, and uh, a lot of teams wouldn't pick him, and Miami was one of them. And, and Jimmy was probably sick of, of, of hearing about it. He was just like, oh, we got this guy Shannon. <laughs> and uh larry shannon uh physical attributes yeah yeah he's actually in florida today as a high school coach we talked to him a couple years ago so oh, really? a great guy larry shannon not quite the career randy moss had though i think we can all agree on that <laughs> and and that kind of brings me to your book here fred because when you think about cold takes it's kind of a it seems like a more recent phenomenon because it's so out there we were talking on the show yesterday our producer shirley about how espn actually used to have a lot of sports programming and news sports news shows and now it's all opinions it's back and forth it's yelling at each other and of course the internet everybody's dropping cold takes by the second but your book goes back to you know even the pre-internet days and how uh newspaper columnists and you know quotes on tv and and we're talking about you know emmett smith uh a lot of bill belichick uh, but Troy Aikman, Dan Marino, uh, all these guys being slighted years and years before we got on our computers and did this stuff. So that was the fascinating thing to me, uh, Fred, that you were able to go back so far at the cold takes involving these legends in the sports world. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to do something that was uh, not really just a complete extension of my Twitter feed, which really posts old predictions that were wrong. Um, but in 280 characters or just a screenshot or a headline. And I wanted to like go back to some days where, you know, you may not have seen this stuff before. And I had to really dig deep into newspaper archives and uh, watch YouTube clips of games and, and try to find some of the best, most fascinating ones and, and really kind of tell the story behind it. So that was one of the things I wanted to do with the book and, and not just have a list of takes of quotes and, uh, at, that's what fascinated me with it and it is uh it is fascinating to read and all the kind of butterfly effects uh, of of moves that were made moves that weren't made in nfl history and how they turned out to be how about the the genesis of the twitter account fred because i mean here at pirate radio just like anyone we make predictions we make outlandish mm-hmm. takes and i think that's the difference too if a guy is saying I think that the Chiefs will win the Super Bowl this year. You're not going to include that as part of your freezing cold takes. It's got to be demonstrative. It's got to be bet the farm that the Chiefs are win. There's no way the Chiefs are going to, you know, something like that. So, yeah. w- what did you decide? When did you decide to do this? Because I, you know, I like holding people accountable, myself included. So, when did you uh, come up with this idea? Well, it was like six or seven years ago. I was, uh, I was using Twitter a lot for sports and I, I would, I, I kind of made it as a counter to sports media folks reposting their accurate predictions with self-congratulatory messages. And, and I, I said to myself, someone should be the person who reposts these same media people um, when they're dead wrong. <laughs> and I just game that person. I didn't expect the feed to become big, but it got big pretty quick. I mean, I, at that time, I don't think there's many people doing that. There's a lot more people who try to do that now. But at, at that time, it wasn't really something anyone did. And now, you don't have to do much work. Everybody sends it right to you when they see something, right? Like, you used to have to probably search these things out. Now you get a million notifications on what your next uh, what your next tweet will be. Oh, yeah, in any sport. A lot of times I'll have to look it up. I mean, from any team, any college. Like, you talk about ECU. Like, ECU 
uh, someone would will, will send me something if they're an ECU fan about ECU baseball or something like that. Like, like, like that. I would have to look up what that even means. I don't I don't know about that much about college baseball. But uh, like, uh, you know, all fans remember what people say about them or their team. It's very like it sticks in their head, and uh, they all send me everything. And but especially if it's a national thing or or one of the people, the main people who make a lot of money to do this say something that will get sent there takes all the time i'm looking at my tweet history with uh, my name and old takes exposed just to see like what the local people here have sent you that you have no clue about and in fact one of those things chandler we were talking about our our worst takes one of those was just last year during baseball season when i said east carolina wouldn't make the tournament yeah and they right. end up a national <laughs> uh hosting a regional hosting a super regional and a few outs away from going to the college world series so yeah it, uh, it happens to the best of us chandler one thing you noted too is that it's not just about sports no. politics what'd you say politics uh, I, I saw a tweet because i follow it too I, I saw a tweet that uh maybe it was a retweet that you retweeted fred but uh somebody back in 1999 and on a on a message thread said that spongebob was not going to make it that spongebob was terrible it was the worst show it will never make it through a whole season and now i, I believe spongebob is still going on right now as we speak so uh th- th- those you kind of get outside the sports world a little bit too which is fun yeah nope i i refuse to do anything politics though like i will not do that because it's just like i can't i don't i don't even want to deal with that yeah it's 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 an absolute train wreck in my, in my mentions, and I don't want to talk to people like that who are just getting all going all off. Like I didn't sign up to talk to these people about these little minuscule things about politics, and also politics is the beholder. It's based on the beholder. So if you if, if if someone posts something from a from a politician that's not necessarily objective fact, then. Whether it was wrong or right depends on the political bias of the person judging it. So it's like nobody. It's not, then people will argue about it constantly in my feed. So I, I won't do it. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> yeah, my bio, no politics, no politics. That's a great policy to have, and I say that to them all the time. Though sports hate is, is a healthy thing i hate the cowboys you know i hate dak prescott i don't really hate dak prescott i don't know the guy he's probably a great dude but when i say i hate him there's no like real menacing vitriol behind it uh it's it's fun you know uh but in politics it, it, it's different in politics right i mean people actually do have that hatred and and everything you do is fun it's funny that's why you know that's why i enjoy it exactly it's, and it's all based on like uh, it, it's uh, there's, it's just all based on your bias of what your political bias is, and it's all based how you judge the the the, the take. So it's like it, it, you can't win, and if and, and 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 you won't be able to, you'll be instantly hated if you post something about a politician that somebody supports, regardless of who it is. So you, by the end, if you try to be neutral about it, you'll have everybody. Hate yeah fred siegel joining us today um shirley rhodes big dolphins fan here i I gotta so my football watching life i remember uh scott mitchell as a pretty good lefty for the detroit lions as they were winning some games had no idea 
uh, Shirley. I, I'm sure Shirley wasn't one of the people saying uh, trade Dan Marino, keep Scott Mitchell uh, in Miami. But that's just like one of the old fascinating things uh, in your book. A lot of older stories about uh, what people said about an athlete, about a coach, about a franchise. And uh, people can read it in the book. It's uh, it's fascinating stuff for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I was a season ticket holder for the Dolphins, my family, and I used to go to games. I lived 10 minutes from the stadium, and that, that particular thing, newspaper article about trading Dan Marino to keep Scott Mitchell was, was, was something that I followed when it happened. And that, we talked about that take for years <laughs> uh, growing up. So it was something that I remembered right away. I probably, probably something I wouldn't have found uh, if I hadn't grown up there. I was just doing this book, and I lived, grew up somewhere else. The book is available now. Football media's most inaccurate predictions, the fascinating stories behind them, freezing cold takes, NFL. Uh, Fred, I believe it came out yesterday, so where can folks uh, pick up a copy of this book? Anywhere books are sold, you just type in freezing cold takes NFL on Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble or Borders, or you can you can get go to my pinned tweet, at Old Takes Exposed on uh, Twitter, and there's a link right there which uh, will direct you to a place where you could buy the book right away. Fred, you've been doing this a while now on Twitter, and, and there's a lot of these funny accounts that will get hot, they'll, they'll become famous, and after a year or so, they'll kind of fade away. I guess the person behind the account will find something new to do. So are you still, uh, <laughs> do you still wake up in the morning excited to see awful takes that you could retweet? Is it still fun for you? It's still fun. But at the same time, it's, it's also, uh, there's a lot, it, the bigger I got, the more repetition. I just get put, tagged to a lot of the same stuff all the time. So uh, it's, get, it's harder to navigate, and it can be a little exhausting, but it's still fun. It's very fun. It's just fun. And when I watch games, I just watch it with that perspective. Like if, it's, if a team goes up 14 nothing in a big game, I'll start bookmarking right away. <laughs> like in football, automatically automatically i'm barking all the uh fred how long did it take you to write the book uh what is the process like in writing a book like this it took like two years to write it uh the process was just me researching i had never written a book before so it probably took me a little longer than um someone who is experienced in writing but it just took me a long time to research everything and continuously try to find things in, in different platforms and and to put it all together and then to create the notes section, which is 46 pages of notes on the index, about 500 different sites, 500 different sources, a thousand sites. So that in itself was really, really difficult to uh, try to figure out how to do. But it was fun. It was fun uh, getting new things and figuring out, also trying to figure out what to write about because I, I could probably write a volume two. I had a max word requirement for this book. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff I left out. Yeah, great timing as well uh, coming up just before the NFL season. So make sure you pick this up. And that was going to be my next question, Fred. Do you get into the NBA, MLB, or uh, is there a uh, volume two of the NFL in the works here? That was a thought process. I mean, when I first thought of doing the book and pitching it, I was going to do all sports, which would have been just like all these spectacular takes at once. But then I decided, well, you know, why not do just, one sport and then if, if it works out then to do more and more because it's it was it, it's uh something that uh you can come up with different stuff each time and um so that that's the thought process i mean if it works out and it sells enough where 
someone wants to publish it, another one, that, 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 that's what I plan to do. Uh, NBA college football is a great one. Fred Siegel joining us. Uh, CJ, our Steelers fan. This is a famous one. Uh, CJ from uh, Rick Green, a writer. Will Ben Roethlisberger help this year? No. Will he help next year? Probably not. He won a Super Bowl, what, his first or second year there? It was very early on, yeah. His rookie year, they went 15-1. and one, <laughs> and, um, and they lost in the playoffs to the Patriots. That was 2004. And then the next season, they won the Super Bowl. Love it. Um, and... Uh, yeah, that was that was when he was drafted. And there's also a whole chapter on Bill Cowher constantly getting pushed to get fired <laughs> out of media. I was just trying uh, to so just like years. I was just trying to think of some. Re- I'm a uh, Carolina Panther fan, by the way, Fred, and I was trying to think of some recently cold takes uh, for my Carolina Panthers. And I think back to Week th- Four last year, Carolina visits <laughs> Dallas, oh, yeah. and Terry Bradshaw says that <laughs> Sam Darnold is going to be the greatest quarterback in Carolina Panther history. So that's got to be up there somewhere, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't put that in the book. I mean, I'd already probably finished the book by then in my draft, but. Um, the uh, yeah, I mean, like that's just another thing of just national media just disliking Cam Newton, yeah, and trying anyway to discredit what he did. Uh, Sam Darnold, it was really kind of Sam Darnold came in, and at the same time they had the coach, but the LSU coach and the Baylor Jeb Brady, yeah, LSU coach, the guy who won the national championship, uh, helped Burrow win the national championship. They thought he was like a genius, and uh, he changed Sam Darnold. Then Sam Darnold turned out to be the Darnold he always was. And that's how I was really kind of his trajectory with the Jets, too. But, uh, yeah, Terry Bradshaw featured in my book a lot in the Giants chapter. He hated Tom Crawford. <laughs> yeah. And, again, the, the fascinating thing here to me is this is not a new phenomenon. It's been going on forever. It'll go on forever. Yeah. But you got guys doubting again. Emmett Smith, uh, Troy Aik, like the, the all-time great. So uh, a fascinating read. Uh, make sure you get it. Once again, uh, you can get it wherever books are sold. Freezing cold takes NFL, football media's most inaccurate predictions, and the fascinating stories behind them. Fred, we'll let you run, man. Thanks for joining us. Really enjoyed the chat. And uh, good luck with the book, man. And looking forward to uh, book number two. We'll talk to you again when that one comes out. Oh, great, great. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Thank you. Fred See Siegel you, Fred. at Old Takes Exposed, uh, Freezing Cold Takes. And uh, that was a fun interview. And again, I, I'll reiterate it. I, I, when I think cold takes, I think of Skip Bayless, like Stephen A. Smith screaming into your television speakers. But it goes back way, way, yeah. way farther than that and it's just fascinating to read some of this stuff about uh, a lot of Belichick stuff man Belichick before he went to New England was looked at as this like retread coach that'll never get it done um, had to deal with Bill Parcells going so I mean you can look at the the chapters there Chandler and yeah. it's not like new stuff this is old stuff the Dan Marino Scott Mitchell deal uh chip kelly that's pretty funny yeah Uh, chapter one chapter one goes back to the 2000 new england patriots Uh, that's about the time they hired bill belichick and the and the quote here in its chapter one it says the patriots will regret hiring bill belichick so that's just that's just chapter one there there's a great uh segment of the book that's just quick hitters like looking at some of the best players in history and the things said about them i think i just saw I saw a Julius Peppers one, uh, Chandler, that I'll read you if I can find it in a okay, moment. Because cool. uh, 
of the Carolina Panthers. But uh, that was fun talking to Fred. We've all had our bad cold takes around here. And guess what, folks? I can promise you there's plenty more to come. Absolutely. It's just a a never-ending stream of cold takes that we have for you. You just had yours earlier this year, so maybe, you know. Chandler, I got good news. What? Ian Rappaport. I love, love, love this pick for Carolina. Jimmy Clausen. Man, <laughs> teams are going to be sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's so great. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's, by the way, Ian Rappaport, uh, they got some quotes from some uh, uh, highly profiled oh, yeah. Um, yeah. insiders like Ian Rappaport. You got Adam Schefter, who's uh, on the back of the book. It's got some quotes talking about Fred Siegel's book. And it is out now, right, Clip? It is out now. In fact, he says, I stand by every hot take I've ever had, including that Jimmy Clausen one. <laughs> so That I'm sure that you won't use, which he did use. It is in the book. Yeah. So great stuff. Uh, check it out. And uh, you will not regret it. A great laugh and a great way to get fired up for the NFL season and another season of awful takes that we'll have, especially after week one. It's going to be so Oh, man, the Panthers beat the Browns. They're going to go to the Super Bowl with Baker. Or Browns beat Panthers. Baker is toast. Cut him immediately. And then goes on to win comeback player of the year. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. It's fun. Take a timeout. Come back. Patrick Mason set to join us here on Pirate Radio Live on a Wednesday. Wednesday. We're back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store, uh, serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around. They have, they are open every day and have two locations at Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Both Country Mart locations are top-of-the-line fuel stations serving shell gas, including 93-ethanol-free high-octane gas, which is the best for boat owners. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clipper on. All right, Shirley Rhodes heading off to Canada soon. And guess what? Um, we're going to get some Canada weather. We are? I'm seeing later this week. Is it going to get chilly? Like on Friday, high of 81, low of 64. Oh, boy. Uh, that sounds great. So I might not have the fat sweats on Friday. I can't wait for Shirley to get back and have a Canadian accent. Eh? Eh? How do Canadians talk, Chandler? Let's hear it. Uh, Canada, eh? <laughs> you know, you took that long pause. I thought you were going to come up with something good, but Canada, eh? Canada, eh? Did you see the moose, eh? The moose? Moose. Eh? You can, Patrick, <laughs> do you have a northern accent at all? or I don't know. Do I sound any... You don't sound like I was just here. wondering, right, but 
I don't know. I feel like I got pretty much down the middle, but maybe that's just me. I could hear you finishing a sentence with "Don't you know?" Don't you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm that far north, but Justin Fields looking better. Don't you know? Don't you know? <laughs> don't you know? How about them bears? <laughs> now that's like a Scottish Trevor. Hey, <laughs> Trevor Simeon, eh? Nathan oh. Peterman. <laughs> All right, uh, Patrick, how the bleep are you, man? Doing pretty bleeping good. Nice lid. Hey, Durham it. Bulls baseball. That's right. Old school. Oh, yeah. Where'd you get the hat? From the Durham Bulls game. Oh, couple, cool. A couple of years ago. Um, I like it. I just try to, like, find, you know, hats here and there. Yeah. Hey, I'm with you, buddy. Oh, yeah. I'm on the hat train. Um, so, East Carolina football going on. Um food poisoning going on have you ever <laughs> been uh hit with food poisoning in your life thankfully i have not at least not that i know of i've you know eaten too much and had some you know stomach emergencies but nothing that's you know laid me up have you had a food that and maybe it was unrelated but you got sick after eating that food that you were scared to go back to um one time i bit into a chicken finger and it wasn't totally done mm. kind of scared me off chicken for a while yeah just like that consistency is probably the worst type of undercooked meat <laughs> No but, doubt. Yeah. I'm a big uh, big hibachi fan, like many of the public out there. Had a bad batch, a real rubbery chicken batch Ooh. one time, and I, I couldn't go back for a good, uh, probably half a year. It gives uh, you I, don't, the I don't blame you. I had to write it off. Yeah. And then you get brave enough, you go back to it, you say, well, look, it was a bad night. Let's uh, let's give them another shot, and boom, it's good again. <laughs> so you got you got to be brave. Yeah, I was talking behind the, the glass with CJ, and it sounded like some pretty funky food uh, that, that got the ECU football team. Buffalo meatloaf. Have you ever heard of that? No. And no. I'll tell you what. I, I don't even want to try it. No. <laughs> like, even if you know it's cooked by like Gordon Ramsay. Right. I'm, I'm good on that. got to be something better on the menu. It's got to be. Buffalo meatloaf. Uh, it, it almost sounds like a end of the week. You haven't made your grocery store run. Let's see what's left in the fridge meal. Yeah, something's smelling in here, but it might still be all right. We well, got some ground beef that's about gone. I got this extra buffalo sauce I had with wings the other night. Let's cook it up. Let's see how this goes. And uh, did not go well. Yikes! Uh, according to uh, to the folks over there at ECU, so they were back at practice today. That's the good news. CJ did say earlier that. Uh, he was notified by his unnamed source. He does have he, sources. He has a source that a lot of oh, part of the a, defense, a chunk. a chunk of the defense, was not there today. So people still trying to uh, get back 100, percent get healthy, and kind of a shame, Patrick, because we were getting some great reports from Mike Houston out of camp. He seemed very pleased with the direction it was going, and now you just hope this isn't a, a little setback here. I know. I think the timing that it happened for the first fat, padded practice is probably the worst timing you could have because you couldn't really pack, practice in pads today. You got a scrimmage coming up Saturday. Um, so I don't know what – you know. I, I know they're going to try to go pads tomorrow, but you know, I, I wonder how this, this scrimmage is going to look because you, know, you think just one day, but it's just that, that perfect day where it had to happen that, that really is a problem. And we'll talk to Steve and I go later about more about the personnel and who was out there today, but I know uh, they were down a couple of quarterbacks, and, and you know that goes across the board, down some spots. So even if they can get that scrimmage in, or maybe they'll wait to go full pads when they do get everybody back. I don't know. We'll have to see what mike houston decides to do there right and yeah you know you mentioned just it, it stinks it's a terrible timing and yeah he, like, he's been so excited every time we talked to him he had this big grin on his face he's excited how the guys are running after each other and then yeah he just got this <laughs> this impromptu day off 
Uh, but going up to that point, uh, everything was uh, was going well, it seemed, Patrick, and we're starting to kind of piece together our, our depth charts here and uh, position battles going on. Have we got anywhere, you think? I mean, we saw some highlight plays from Jalen Johnson at the receiver position uh, pre-Washington with the pick six uh, last week. So do you think we're uh, we're starting to, to get a better picture of that depth chart, or is it still too early? I I think it might be a mix. I think it might be a little still too early, but I think the coaches are starting to formulate, you know, some thoughts in their head of who's going to be where. But I really think, I mean, these scrimmages and the more you get pads on are really going to be to help help you determine who you got. Because you can only really see how much you have and, you know, what's working when you're in shells. And the scrimmage uh, coming up Saturday. So you hope by that point everybody's back feeling good we saw that picture of holt nailers he put on uh what instagram chandler yeah iv in the arm just trying to <laughs> you know, hydrate get some fluids back and, and things and, like and that this was not fake those guys look very sick oh yeah so you just hope by saturday at least uh we can get a scrimmage under our belt to get some some good on good some one-on-one action out there yeah and that's what you need i mean like i said we were all looking forward to the scrimmage and now it's just going to be like how is the, how's the team going to handle it we're definitely going to be something to watch going forward and other football news did you see the sam hartman news today that he's going to be out indefinitely and we don't know exactly why but it's a it's it's a non-football related medical condition so the quarterback for wake forest uh, will be out for a while. I mean, that's huge when you look at that side of the ACC. Clemson, obviously the favorite, but NC State and Wake were supposed to be right up there with Clemson with a chance to win that. And now, uh, at this point of the calendar year, at this point of fall camp, they're going to have to go a different direction at quarterback. And you kind of always think about when I hear something about someone or a story, how would that affect me? How would I, you know, and how would that affect East Carolina? It would not be very positive, although we do think we have a capable backup with Mason Garcia. But not a great time to be uh, losing your starting QB. No, it's probably it's a terrible time to be doing that. I mean, at least you got some practices, but especially when you said it's non-football, I mean, that's that's just scary. Yeah, <laughs> nervous about what exactly it is right. uh, going on right now. How about the, uh, the Big Ten in the news? And we'll no longer have the the noon Big Ten game uh, on ESPN. <laughs> and they are working out a deal, it appears, uh, nearing a deal with Fox, CBS, and NBC. So we've already had Big Ten on Fox uh, throughout the years. NBC is going to be weird because other than like maybe a, a, Mia, like a celebration bowl and Notre Dame football, we don't see a lot of college football on, on NBC. Never, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely going to be weird. But this is what the Big Ten was doing all that realignment for, right? Adding all these teams. And now you see all these networks jumping in to just throw money at them. And as Jeff Charles said earlier, it's the Big Two right now with the SEC and the Big Ten. So the Big Ten is going to have a deal with all these networks. And then the SEC is going to be the big ESPN ABC network. And we'll see if they have other platforms as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting, I think, too, of when they kind of figure this out of like, who's who's all watching this? Because like all these channels are super national you know it's it's everywhere so it's like are people really going to be tuning into all these things so <laughs> i guess it's just interesting to see how this thing really develops uh big 10 will be on display from dublin ireland uh week zero that coming up august 27th at 12 30 on fox nebraska and northwestern i'll tell you what i have never been a fan of the game that's way too early like you guys remember i think it was the baseball season maybe like 2019 or something when the mariners played in japan Mm -hmm. like a week and a half before the regular season started it it just seems weird like this game too i know it's what just a couple days before 
football Saturday, right? A week before. A week before. Yeah. It, it, it just seems weird to me. It's like, hey, we got football, but I'm just not ready yet. It feels like it's not week Well, one. Patrick, uh, <laughs> I don't care if you're ready. I am. As long as it's not my team, I'm down. Well, and that's what I mean. Like, do yeah. you really want to waste a week when, you, you know, feels like football season's not here yet. It's too hot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I'm in. I'm all in to week zero. Vanderbilt, Hawaii, 1030 that night. All in. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to be doing. I'm going to be watching football. Uh, but I'll tell you what I'm not a fan of, and especially in the NFL, and especially if it affects my team's home schedule, but playing those overseas games in the NFL, not a fan <laughs> of that. Like like in London? You like only that. get eight home games. The travel's already brutal. Why, are, why is Washington going to London to play the Bengals? And it ended in a tie. At least you get it out of the way early, right? Starts at 8 o'clock or something crazy. 930. 9.30. 9.30? Well, no, no. There's no at least. I don't like it. Don't like it at all. I don't know. I'll tell you, I'm happy when the Bears game's over on Sunday. Then I can just... <laughs> so that, that's my perspective. So you're you're hoping the Bears go overseas. So yeah, it's just get, nice to get, get it over with. Right, get them out of the way, then you could actually enjoy football the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the day. Um, I'm kind of the opposite there. I like <laughs> when my team plays Sunday night or Monday night because I don't have that sour taste in my mouth all the rest of the day. <laughs> if Washington loses a one on Sunday, it, the rest of the day is kind of a bummer. I mean, I still got fantasy. I still got other stuff. But, yeah, it's kind of a, a dark cloud over the day. You're just like hands in the pocket, staring out the window. <laughs> Doing the walk. Uh, the, the dude from um, George Michael from Arrested Development, oh, the yeah. sad walk yep. outside. <laughs> uh but yeah hey look i'm i'm just glad we're talking about these topics uh because football is nearly here yes yeah. sir and tomorrow we will be don't say it i'm not gonna say it but we will have i will tell you that the, on today 24 days away until ecunc state okay that's just a preview of tomorrow's david price construction countdown to kickoff yeah by the way uh there will be some nfl tomorrow the Giants and Pats on NFL <gasps> Network, Titans and Ravens. That sounds like a playoff game, uh, but it will be it a preseason a game, game coming up. Uh, the Panthers and Com- Commodores, Commodores uh, will play on Saturday. Patrick's Bears will play on Saturday, one o'clock NFL Network against the Chiefs. So, how much Justin Fields do you think we'll see in the three preseason games? I would honestly bet a lot. Just because they, the new coaching staff wants to figure out what they got, um, he needs time to work with some receivers. I mean, I, I think he's going to get a lot of work, and and as he should. Basically, no one on this roster has earned the right to take these things off, in, in my opinion. And <laughs> I, I understand really uh, you got injuries already at the receiver position, right? Yep. I drafted uh, Darnell Mooney just because I'm hoping he gets 150 targets this year. Yeah, he's he's the guy <laughs> to throw the ball to. So it's about all they got there. <laughs> yep. Uh so sad times uh, in Chicago. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. Patrick Mason joining us. We'll talk more football, a little baseball as well. Uh, you've got the Field of Dreams game coming up tomorrow night. Touch on that for a moment and uh, see what's going on. we got a lot of day baseball going on. More to go. Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Back with you after this.
listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The Pirate Radio Football Kickoff Party presented by Bud Light on Thursday, September 1st is approaching fast. and tickets are on sale right now for only $10.00. 100% of the ticket sales will be donated to these four local charities, SportWorks Ministries, Riley's Army, Daughters for Dads, and the Heather Ann Pertee Scholarship Fund at the ECU School of Nursing. The Pirate Radio Football Kickoff Party will feature entertainment by America's favorite 80s tribute band, The Breakfast Club. Plus, the world-famous Budweiser Clydesdales will be on site for a photo opportunity. The place to be to kick off football season is at the State Theater in downtown Greenville for the best party of the year. Go to PR927FM.com right now to get your tickets before they sell out. And we'll see you on Thursday, September 1st. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Cliff. All right. Our commercial conversation took us to a weird spot. We're talking about, well, it's because I asked Patrick, you know, does his family call him Pat or Patrick? And you said, yeah, Patrick. Patrick. Uh Um, So I'm, my real name is Clifton. And I'm the third, but my dad, uh, grandfather, and myself go by Clip. So, like, when we would get together, my granddad <clears throat> was Clip, my dad was Little Clip, and, like, my grandma would call me Chip. <laughs> um, but then I would become Little Clip. Uh, anyway, nobody cares. Um, but then we started talking about Spanish class, and one of the fun days of Spanish class was at the very beginning of the uh, semester where you got to pick your Spanish name. So, Patrick, what was your name in Spanish class? Seventh grade. I got to pick my name, and I chose Nacho. <laughs> Very cool. Very Nacho. cool. Nacho. So, we might start calling you that around here. Chandler, what was yours? Esteban. Esteban. That's a cool name. Hey. It was my, that was my name in senior year of high school. I went with Mario, but it was named after a famous Italian, uh, Mario from Super Mario. It's me, Mario. Yeah, that one. But uh, I guess Mario. They didn't do that when I was in school here. I, th- I took four Spanishes on my Wait, college. we're not talking about ECU. We're talking about high school. Right? I know, but I, I'm saying, like, I would, you would think they would do that in college, too, but nah. <laughs> no. No, there's no messing around. Because I, re- I was ready to be, like, popping up there's in the like, head. I'm Esteban! 70 people in the class. You're going to go around and pick. Uh, CJ, did you have a Spanish name? Also, what is your uh, Filipino name? Clyde. All right. What's your Spanish? Your name in Spanish class? I actually have no idea what you guys are talking about because we didn't do that. Ah, what a shame! Do you feel like you missed out on something? I do. Fun? Now that I what are they doing that have lot? If you don't play football, they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the way it should be. Shirley, uh, did you take Spanish? Do you have a Spanish name? Why, yes, yes, I did. My senior year of high school, and my Spanish name was Olga. Olga. <laughs> hey. So we Olga. got Olga, Nacho, and Esteban, Esteban, Mario, and then now CJ's left out. What's Esteban. What's a good uh, Spanish name with the letter C? Chris. Claudio. Cla- oh, Carlos. Oh, Carlos. Cristoban. <laughs> Chris, I made that one up. Christopher. <laughs> Chad. <laughs> Charlie. All right, fair enough. What are we doing? <laughs> like, what are we doing? Steven Igo's here. Let's see if he uh, makes it to five o'clock. We got to talk. We got to keep Igo locked in this segment. Let's talk baseball on that note. Uh, Mariners lose 
Orioles win. Orioles are right now tied with the Mariners for the final playoff spot, the final wild card. Here come those. And this has got to be the worst team on paper <laughs> to be in a playoff spot this late in the season. Like I can't, I can't even recall. Help me out if you can. Like a pro sports team to have this. They have zero all stars on the roster. They traded their only all star during the all star break, and to be where they are is just incredible right now. Yeah, they got rid of Mancini and their closer. Um, and the best part about the season for them is they weren't even trying to win. You know, they were just like, all right, let's go in this year. We got some young prospects. Let's see how they do. We'll bring up Adley Rutschman. That'll be cool. Fans will get excited about it. And it's Igo's leaving. <laughs> Igo is leaving. We we will see if he returns at uh, 5 o'clock. Uh, and what did they do? They brought up Rutschman. Now he's an everyday player at catcher. And they're starting to build a little crowd there in Camden Yards. And it's really exciting. Uh, you can check out the O's and Blue Jays tonight, 7 o'clock right here on Pirate Radio. And they're doing this in the AL East, like the most right uh, incredible division in baseball right now. And they are in fourth, and they are on the heels of the Rays, who they have been beating. They're a half game by, behind the Rays. They are two games back of the Blue Jays for second place <laughs> in the AL East. And we're talking about good teams here. So uh, it is O's fever. There is a uh, a meme online, <laughs> O's fever, catch it, and die. But uh, not anymore, folks. Uh, these O's are something to watch. Uh, do not watch the AL Central. It is bad for your health. But yes. it is going to go down to the wire here. I love like looking at the standings, last 10 games. Guardians six and four, Twins five and five, White Sox six and four, Royals six and four. <laughs> no one wants it. <laughs> yeah, like, eh, well, you take it. Uh, the cool thing is though, Patrick, it is going to go down to the wire here, and your team still has a shot. And I, the old phrase is like, "Get in the playoffs, see what happens." Right? Yeah. Despite your regular season, right? But uh, you could still hold out hope for that, I guess. And that's, I guess, that's the thing you can really hold out hope, but. You know, maybe a team two games, three games over 500 wins this thing, which is just crazy to think. But yeah, I guess if you get it in, you know, maybe you got to, you know, I mean, they do have good pitching, the White Sox I'm talking about. Um, we'll, we'll see. But Tim Anderson's out for six weeks now, uh, tore a ligament in his finger. So that's a big blow. But I mean, the whole division is just a disaster. White Sox have the second most road wins in the American League. But they're very bad at home. Which means they stink at home. Yep. Four games under 500. Uh, but a great place to catch a nap if you're the manager. <laughs> yeah. Just a, a quick, in, yeah, in right the first the, inning. In the first inning. Quick little cat nap. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, right now the Guardians and Twins tied at the top of the Central White Sox right there behind those teams. And I got to imagine the way they set these schedules up. There's probably uh, a bunch of meetings coming up. I'll look at the White Sox schedule to see how many more games they have. So they've got... A three-game series with Cleveland, a three-game series with Minnesota, another three with Cleveland, another three. Okay, so they got nine with the Twins, six with the uh, Guardians the rest of the way. So it's all out there for you. Yeah. Uh, but they have to go to Baltimore for three games, so you can go count those losses. <laughs> You're gonna get up to you should get up to Camden Yards and watch uh, your White Sox play. I know it's not a bad idea. It's a good place to watch a game. I don't know if you've been out there before, but I went in the early '90s, like was shortly after it was built i went and saw a game with uh, my orioles buddy chad actually cool. and uh but i have not been that would be about 18 years <laughs> since i last went i haven't been to a major league baseball game 
since 95 or 96 wow and i went to like a bunch of them growing up like i went to the braves at old fulton county stadium for uh a couple of games saw the orioles saw the braves again and uh have not been since so i mean the nationals are close but they're terrible i mean i guess if you're going to a game you're not really going there to watch an awesome team you just soak in the experience right yeah and i guess i i just i like games that matter especially when i'm spending my own money if i'm going with you know my dad or my friends taking me and i don't have to spend a lot of money i'll go see whatever (laughs) but when i go to a sporting event whether it's uh washington or the charlotte hornets or the the hurricanes or whatever i like a game with some stakes Mm -hmm. and baseball games just don't have any stakes unless they're at the end of the year yeah i feel that i went to the mudcats game uh, over the weekend single a baseball there's i'm talking about stakes there's (laughs) there's nothing not even on the grill there you just went to check out some live baseball yeah that's pretty cool yeah how was it it was fun you know they actually played the the white Sox single a team which was just kind of cool but i was looking for guys i knew and i didn't know a single one yeah you gotta check out the woodies have you been to historic granger stadium not yet yeah let's go yeah let's do it all right let's go he's he's got his hat on all right uh (laughs) we just made a date that's good stuff all right patrick uh what else going on what's uh you will be out at practice tomorrow yep asking mike houston questions and uh hopefully seeing some pads popping right yeah that's the goal for sure yeah just more football as we get closer here exciting stuff all right well thanks for hanging out with us uh patrick mason daily reflector uh are you you're not very active on social media every now and then you'll throw out a line or two yeah i'll I'll get back into it a little more all right i gotta ramp up put out some weird stuff man just see what you know i used to a lot like that was my whole twitter feed have you deleted it no i I mean if you could if you really (laughs) want to spend some time and scroll you can find some goofy stuff but we need to uh one day on the show we're gonna read patrick's old tweets the old twitter archives all right god i it's embarrassing to go back and look at some old stuff yeah from like 2012 or something crazy and you're like what was i talking about and i think i'm being so like funny and it's so lame Mm -hmm. but anyway i I had a thing where i would do like hashtag pat fact and i would just like say random stuff and it was just like a running thing for like a couple years (laughs) all right Look, that's uh, we're going to do that one day on the show, so I don't like delete it. it. That would be a funny segment. <laughs> All right. I, I won't go and delete. Patrick, thanks for hanging out, man. Yep. Thanks, uh, fellas. Or should I call you Nacho? Nacho. Take a time out. Come back. Steven Igo joins us. Hoist the colors. Hadn't talked to or seen Igo in a while. Looks to be feeling better. Uh, we'll talk pirate football. We'll preview the corners and uh, have a lot more for you on Pirate Radio Live. We are back with you after this. listening to hour three of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by bud light reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly bud light the official beer of the ecu pirates and proudly distributed by carolina eagle distributing since 1989 now back to the show welcome back live well move more and hurt less with kinetic physical therapy if you're recovering from an injury uh getting back into sports dealing with everyday pain or fatigue then kinetic physical therapy can help you get back on track and live well kinetic has nationally certified therapists for physical occupational speech and massage therapy all in a state-of-the-art facility on arlington boulevard in greenville visit kineticptgreenville.com for more information now let's head back in to pirate radio live here is your host clip rock 
it, Chandler. Take it, Chandler. All right. Welcome back in to a Wednesday edition of Pirate Alive. Clip Brock is getting back into his host seat. We have Shirley Rhodes producing. Assistant production is CJ Schaefer. He's also videoing this segment. And joining us is... And joining us is Chandler Honeycutt. Chandler, welcome to the program. I am Chandler Honeycutt, being the host of this segment so far. But joining us is Stephen Igo of Hoist the Colors. Should we introduce him properly? We should, I guess. Let's get right to it, Boss Man Jr. And uh, Shirley, let's hit the intro for Igo. I go. I go. I go. I go. He's the one you know. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. He's the boomer's bro. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. He's good at MLB the show. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. Where did Chandler go? I go, I go. I'm sitting right here, bro. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. This song continues to grow. Dun, 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 dun. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. Can we just get back to the show? I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. This is Michael Rashko. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. Dave Doran lost to Coach Mo. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. Ho, ho, ho! I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. We should have Corey Bloor saying hello. CJ, you're up. I'll take Hunter Renfro. I go, I go, I go, I go. All right. Back live, making fantasy picks during the I Go song now because we are in the month of August. And uh, Stephen, welcome to the program. It's good to be back in studio. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you were under the weather last week. Yes. Doing better now? Yeah. How's the family? Uh, Been good. Everybody in my family contracted the virus the novel coronavirus oh boy so it ran even through. little slider yes everybody Louis. what did he have to say about it <laughs> he, he was said a lot of, he was like ah, man this sucks a lot of oh, crying man. he was uh he's pretty miserable for a two-day span but after that i mean he recovered strong 
Oh, yeah, you got that first feeling. Maybe not the first, but, like, that's that's pretty serious. Like, I would be a little worried. But that yeah. feeling of your child being sick. Yes. That's a feeling you've never had before. That's a, that's a heavy feeling, isn't it? Yeah, this, and this was the first time he was sick. And so for him to have covid as the first sickness was not good but honestly he's he handled it fine and i was sick and i was trying to isolate and not give it to anybody but i figured he would get it because i was carrying him around the whole day basically before i tested positive so yeah it was inevitable but the good thing is hopefully i have some uh immunity built in for football season good idea yeah go ahead and, go ahead and get it that now. way you can go to all the games practices not even have to worry about it that was a great idea you guys you said bailey was in here coughing right you're probably yeah. gonna get next probably yeah. right we're just we're trying to get ready for football season. Yeah. and speaking of the sickness uh it was going around east carolina football as they were out and, non-covid uh, related non-covid related sounds like buffalo meatloaf although brian Meador said yesterday that there were players that did not eat the buffalo meatloaf that still got sick so i don't know do, do you are you any closer to finding out the culprit of this steven I, I don't I don't know the exact details. I've had a couple players, parents message me, kind of uh, you know saying that they heard it was the meat love too. So I, I I don't know if there was some sort of cross contamination or what, but obviously there was an issue. And this time of year, you know, it's so hot outside, like it doesn't take but like one small error for something to become mm. infected with bacteria. Yeah. We should probably get like a. Some sort of food specialist on the yeah, show to great like break down what could happen as you, you know, because I guess they're catering this food from somewhere. You know, I doubt they're, I don't know if they're going to tell us where because they might not want that information out there. But either way, you know, during that process of getting the food to the players, somebody took a, a foul step and in, <laughs> a fe- foul stop. That, that step was foul. Infected the entire team. And let's be real, what are the chances that? The North Carolina State Wolfpack were behind this. I would put it at at least three percent. That high. One percent. I would go point zero three percent. I have more of a conspiracy theory brain than you do, yes. Stephen. <laughs> the way you set up the question, you acted like it was going to be a big number. I mean, I, I, and then I you threw a curveball. Yeah, I was just asking you guys. I figured. This is what everybody's going to think, but in reality, like it's not like NC State's going to have an operative that knows exactly when ECU is getting fed, where from, find a way to contaminate it to throw the team off. And they would do it on game week, not now. Did you say something about gay frogs? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, uh, I did say Alex Jones. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> All right, Stephen Igo, Hoist the Colors, joining us here today on the program. So, Igo, uh, <clears throat> watch out. CJ Schaefer has sources watch out. the program. He is on your heels. Yes, he is. Watch out, Watch buddy. Out. Did I miss something? No, he just said uh, unnamed sources told him that there was still a chunk of chunk. The defense not at practice today. So how about, uh, did uh, you get a... Jenny Shelton, was that his source? No. No, was... I don't think his source... You know what, hey, I don't whoa, think his whoa, source whoa, is that Whoa, good. whoa, don't, whoa, whoa. Don't let him do that. We don't ask you your sources. I was at practice today. I can tell you who was out there who wasn't. He talked to somebody not even like not media related. I talked to Mike Houston. He told me that they're still without a few guys. (laughs) (laughs) Who's got the biggest source balls in the room? I go just put his on the table. CJ, you got any to put on the table? Nameless. (laughs) It's probably a better way to go. Um, 
All right, so what was the uh, the head count or lack thereof today at practice? I, I don't know the official number. CJ might be able to help us out with that. He's got the sources. Um, I was told it, uh, but there was probably, I would guess, around double-digit guys still out. I know there was one player who lost 15 pounds in one day. My gracious. Does reading your VIP count as me having a source? Can I use uh, your VIP as a source? <laughs> I would just say I read it on Hoist Colors. I did read it on Hoist Colors. Or you could say your source is Hoist Colors. That uh, is dramatic, though. We're talking 15 pounds in a day? In a day. Yeah, it's not where you want to be. I mean, that's, and that's not a good situation. Go read it at hoistacolors.net, but we're not talking about a big offensive lineman or no. defensive lineman. We're talking about a guy who you know, doesn't have a, lot, a ton of weight yeah. on him. So. so, I mean, if he was losing weight, then obviously others were losing weight and um, – it's not an ideal situation at all. I think the only good thing is it happened early in camp, not in the smack dab middle of camp, nor on game week. And I guess they're waiting. Uh, I go to get more numbers, get the numbers up, and probably get these guys 100% healthy before they break out the full pads. Is that what that decision's about? Yeah, I, I think the last thing you want to do is have a, guy, a bunch of guys hooked up to IVs and then take them out there and go, hey, guys, full pads, let's hit. So I think the plan is to get most of the team – back tomorrow and then go to full pads and i don't know what they're going to do with the scrimmage if they're going to try and bump it back a day at all i assume they'll try and stick it on saturday but still to go from full pads for the first time on thursday to go on live scrimmage saturday it's a pretty quick turnaround we're a week into this thing at this point they did have that unscheduled off day uh yesterday but Stephen, man it seemed like everything was really going in a, a great direction a positive direction it almost seemed too good to be true too smooth and now we have this hiccup so interested to see what mike houston has to say on thursday cj said he saw maybe some more corrections than normal he's seen out there since being at practice so probably took a little bit for the guys to get back out there you just hope they could continue that positive momentum they had going before all this stuff yeah and if you're short a few guys you may have some different combinations with lineups or you know your second team guy running with the first team or, or whatnot and so therefore you might have to make some corrections that you otherwise wouldn't normally make but i think it's it's not a bad thing you know so you have a couple quarterbacks out maybe all of a sudden your fourth quarterback is getting more reps with the twos you know your third running back is getting more reps with the ones and twos so i think it it works out fine again this early in camp now if this was game week you would have some major concerns but uh this this early in camp it's not ideal but you work around it i go uh let's go we're going to talk corners today so we will highlight that position but let's do an, an ongoing i'll ask you the same question i asked you last week or two weeks ago maybe at this point who uh did we talk last week we yes. talked over the phone a, last week yeah yeah hmm. hmm i bet it was a good conversation uh okay i did ask you last week if we go top three of and i think this answer has gotten clearer reading by your comments and others on hoist the colors but if we say winstead ryan jones cj johnson are the top three pass catchers uh, on this team in 2022 who is number four last week you said the obvious answer the first one that pops in your brain is josiah hatfield is that still the number one answer with a bullet for you right now because it sounds like and i don't know if this is coming from you i believe it is that he's looked good right yeah josiah hatfield has looked really good this offseason you know it's just a matter of can he go out there and do it consistently i mean right now if you had a gun in my head i would say 
Jalen Johnson, the Georgia transfer, is a guy that I would put ahead of Josiah Hatfield right okay. now. But, you know, J- Josiah's probably going to be more of your big play threat, whereas Jalen's probably more intermediate, and he's capable of, of making big plays. Mm. Uh, he's got really good speed, too. But Josiah's got, like, Keaton Mitchell speed. Like, those two guys have elite speed. So if he's on the field, it's kind of a game-changing dynamic whether he's making a play or not. Who uh, – and he had – Johnson had the – one-hander moss catch right yeah over uh people saw yeah freshman on um twitter freshman (laughs) who is the number three running back on august the 10th on august the 10th that is today and i still think it's clear and i still think it's it's wide open um you know i've i've kind of said all along i think marlon gunn has a chance to to win it as a freshman but it's still such a big leap to go from freshman to playing right away so i lean joseph mckay the okay. pop, pop right now McKay. but again it's like the, the scrimmages to me the scrimmages are going to be crucial for like yeah third running back first string or, or backup guard like your top number one backup guard like those backup positions we kind of know the starters but like filling out the rest of the depth chart for me is going to be determined by the scrimmages is there a third quarterback battle? Like, what if something happens to Holton, Mason goes in? Who's the uh, backup at that point? Probably Stubblefield. Um, but, I mean, they trust Alex Flynn to go in and run the offense. So, it's a, a case where, like, I think on paper they have Stubblefield ahead of Alex Flynn, but it could be more scenario-based. Like, hey, what do we need? Do we need a guy to go in and make plays? Stubblefield. Need a guy to go in and run the offense and not turn the ball over with a big lead? Alex Flynn. Brad Warnick. Brad Warnick. Brad Warnick. Do we have a Caden Norman on the team? Uh, they have a walk-on quarterback, but I don't think he's Caden Norman. As I mean, Alex Flynn's probably that guy. That just knows. He's almost a coach on he's the sidelines. He's got the headset. Yeah. Okay. Uh, any other preseason questions not related to corner uh, that you would like to ask Stephen while he's here? He's a great resource. We're asking about backups. What about, you know, we talk about Ryan Jones. We talk about Shane Calhoun. Is there a third tight end that we might be seeing this year? Of the proven commodity, Aaron Jarman. I mean, the, why are we? I forgot about the proven commodity. That's right. Uh, you're, now, your fourth tight end, fourth, D'Angelo McKinney, converted hmm. defensive lineman. Not quite ready to get Savage with it yet. Savage, uh, he was out with an injury today, so I'm not sure. It didn't look serious, but. I have not seen him practice much this preseason. I uh, keep asking Mike Houston questions about Ryan Jones and Aaron Jarman and not about Shane Calhoun. I feel like he's almost agitated. That chip gets bigger and bigger. <laughs> like that we don't talk about Shane Calhoun enough. And he's right. Well, that's why I specifically asked last week at practice, does Shane Calhoun, you think, get a chip on his shoulder? Because everybody, you know, deservedly so, talks about Ryan Jones yeah. for what he did last year. But it's not like Shane Calhoun's just like just walk on tight end whoever yeah. does anything and I, I think it's a good point uh that you brought and i think both sides are right it's great ryan jones should be talked about he's a major weapon uh but shane calhoun is gonna they, they've got the ability steven depending on what they want to do and again there's only one ball and you only get so many plays in the game but they could be very multiple offensively with the looks they show this year i mean if you're the defense and let's say ecu lines up with Holden Aylers at quarterback, Keaton Mitchell or Rajay Harris at running back, Ryan Jones at tight end, C.J. Johnson in the slot, 
Isaiah Winstead and Jalen Johnson on the outside or Josiah Hatfield out there. Like, I mean, you got to – how do you defend it all? And I'm not trying to make this offense to be, like, the, the <laughs> yeah. greatest show on turf or anything, but, like, for the first time in a while, you have legitimate threats at ECU at running back, tight end, receiver, and it, somebody's going to have a one-on-one matchup. And if you're ECU, you can play to that matchup. You don't have to always play – to Keaton Mitchell. You don't have to always play to Ryan Jones. You should have matchups across the board or somewhere that you like. It's going to be tough to match up, I think, every single game for ECU to go into a game and say, hey, we don't have any matchups we like. I don't see that scenario really unfolding this year. And these guys got to do their parts. We need to see CJ coming in yeah. and head on fire. We need Ryan Jones to take even another step. We need Isaiah Winstead to be as good as we think he can be. So all that's got to happen. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're, if you're NC State, you go into the opener and you say, hey, let's take away Keaton Mitchell and let's take away Ryan Jones and let's, let's see if CJ Johnson can really be CJ Johnson. Let's see if these transfer receivers are really that good. Yeah. That's probably what ECU is going to have to do early in that game is they're going to get some one-on-one matchups more than likely with the receivers, whether CJ, Winstead, whoever. And if they hit on those plays early against a really good NC State defense, then that opens up Keaton Mitchell, Ryan Jones, Shane Calhoun, et cetera. Or maybe your play is, hey, they're taking away Ryan Jones. Let's hit Shane Calhoun on the other side of the field. And credit to these coaches in 2022, they they saw all right, we got to we got to put some people here in the wide receiver position with Omatosho and Sneed out. So they went out, they got their group of receivers. We got to we got to do something about Jaquan McMillan and Nolan Johnson being out. They added some some right away guys that can play in the secondary. They bolstered an O-line. So we'll revisit this during the season and after the season, but those positions of need that needed filling immediately it appears at this point the coaches have done a good job with that i guess yeah and it's been a it's it just been such a a long-standing process to get some of the positions right like offensive line defensive line tight end and you know you had some unexpected departures at receiver and cornerback most notably tyler sneed and jacob mcmillan and yeah, they're counting on some guys in the program to kind of develop, but they're not just sitting back and saying, hey, we're going to 100% expect this certain guy to develop. We're going to go out and we're going to add reinforcements to promote competition. And that way we have transfers coming in and guys who have been in the program kind of competing for the same spot. And that's when you get the best competition possible. Yeah. So like, like Taji Hudson now ups his game because yep. he wants to play ahead of these guys that were brought in. So. And the guys coming in, they see Taji and they see Hatfield and, and Kerry King, and they're not like, well, there's a clear path to the field. I got to come in and work. It's the same thing at corner, you know, Demel Hickman. We keep talking about all these new corners, but Demel Hickman, a returner, who's been in the program like five years now, he just continues to practice really well. And so he could easily beat out a pre-Washington, these Juco corners we like because he's been in the program he's working for it so i just like how they've approached it you know they're not going to hit on every newcomer and not every returner is going to progress to the level they want to but if you if you bring in as many guys as possible and you promote the competition eventually somebody's going to rise to the top you got to rise to the standard you got to rise to it hard news we will talk corners when we return on pirate radio live with steven igo and uh, go through that position group. Who are the 
the mainstays there at corner who will we be counting on who are the new faces that could see some time and will see some time in 2022 we'll talk about it when we return on pirate radio live after this Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. To get the business services that are right for your business today, contact the team of experienced local bankers at First Bank. The team includes bankers you can trust like Ashley Cabs. Lee Watson, Bonner Latham, Chris Richards, Josh Hooten, and Heath Nesbitt. First Bank, together with their customers, they're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. First Bank on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Oh, Mariners. Mariners and Yankees scoreless in the fifth inning. Yankees threatening here with two outs in the fifth, facing Robbie Ray. Neyoso. Kind of. The Angels lead the A's three to nothing in the seventh. The Angels are were hilarious again this year, I go. Every year, man. It's <laughs> unreal. Uh, it's unreal. You can have the two best players. And somebody said it best. Like you tune in the sports center, it's like Otani pitched seven innings, Otani hit home run, the Angels lose three to one. Every night. Um could have happened to a better group of guys after they started the BS um situation with the brawl. I think since that game, the Mariners have gone on. They were like under 500 at the time or right around 500. They've gone on to get in the playoff race. The Angels have faded into oblivion because that's what they do. Terrible organization. Not that Seattle is like a model organization, but I just think the Angels are the biggest fraud in uh, baseball. I can't wait to see Otani leave in a couple of years as free agent, having won absolutely no games. Mike Trout, they've wasted his career. That was weird to see his name at the trade deadline, Otani, Otani. to me, anyway. I hadn't heard anything about that, and it popped up. Uh, shout out to C.J. Mayhew, by the way. Yeah, sorry he did not go to a better organization, but at least They're they, trying to turn it yeah, around. Yeah, they did pay him, and um, so I'm, I'm happy for C.J. But, yeah, I mean, baseball is in an interesting spot right now. The AL wildcard race is wide open. You got, like, all these teams, Jays, Rays, Mariners, Orioles, twin like the whole al central is now in the wild card race because nobody wants to win the division yeah everybody uh the top three are within a game of one another um shout out to bryant packard who has been called up shirley Rhodes uh to double a i know it's eerie but you know it's double a all right so congratulations to bryant packard the pac-man going to the eerie sea wolves eerie these guys gotta give me some lids man uh speaking of cj mayhew you know he's in the uh the rookie league for the angels and he actually picked up his first win last <clears throat> night he went two-thirds of an inning and they awarded him the win so the uh the tide's turning in that angels organization i go with cj mayhew and it started yep. by ink to paper with cj mayhew's undrafted contract that's right and bryson Worrell had a good night night before last good to hear he went two for four with an rbi so 
he's also in that rookie league good deal all right shirley hit the music let's talk some cornerbacks what's your favorite position cornerback that's cool with me it's not my favorite but i'll do it for you cornerback i go favorite all-time ecu cornerback is emmanuel davis who's your second favorite how did you know that chandler's is dakota marshall dakota marshall i thought was a safety i think he played both he probably did i know he played corner anyway who do you, give, name uh rattle off some corners for me uh jaquan mcmillan would probably be my second favorite is that because he went to denver no i just think he's i think he was better than i think he's better than emmanuel davis i think he's been the best cornerback i've covered i think he's honestly i think he's number one for me all right he had some huge picks i mean he had the game winner at marshall he had he had the forced fumble against navy that stopped that drive they got the ball back there was another one another big play he had last year i can't remember it escapes me right now but i think jacob mcmillan if he would have played another year and really helped ecu kind of come into a potential conference championship contender i think he would undoubtedly be the the top guy well my favorite corner is a guy that i watch but i don't remember watching him play uh, a lot to be quite honest with you but since we have a relationship with him kevin monroe just because he's a great dude um jerry hewitt underrated corner that i remember that i like uh there have been not too many great corners that no they're, they're at, like, honestly like i'm like emmanuel davis is at the top yeah. of the list and you say jaquan might have overtaken him yeah. but outside of that emmanuel mcdaniel yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean then that's really going good back. back. Forrest Foster day. and Monroe and Like, McDaniel. in the 90s, I feel like there were some good ones. But, like, in the 2000s, man, there have been some not-so-great corners. Like, Adonis Armstrong was, was pretty good a couple Armstrong. years. Um, they just haven't had really good corners. Rocco Scarfone. Rocco Scarfone. <laughs> infamous interview. Yeah. Uh, Josh Hawkins. Hawkins? He said his name yeah, very that was weird. strange. Josh Hawkins. <laughs> Josh Hawkins. Josh Hawkins was good. Yeah. He also I mean, got given, burnt, like all corners. Given the standard of ECU corners, like Josh Hawkins was really good. That's not a strike. That uh, was a ball while Travis ago. Williams had his moments. Travis, Travis Simmons. Travis, Travis Simmons! Simmons. Wow. You know what? Why? Well, shame on us for not bringing up Spider-Man. Yeah, that, that's a misfire on our part. Yeah. But I mean, you think about like the really good defenses, even under Skip Holtz, I feel like they're the corners outside of Emmanuel I'm just calling Emmanuel, Emmanuel McDavison. Emmanuel Davis, like they weren't that good. Like Jared Hewitt was solid. Yeah, Spider Simmons was solid, but like they didn't have like shutdown corners. It was yeah. more big safeties, big defensive linemen, big linebackers. So corners been a problem. I think Malik Fleming is uh, on his way to to making that list. I mean, he's quietly had a really good, productive, steady career. He's been a starter from day one. You know, he's just been really solid. I liked his uh, talking at the podium the other day, too. I mm-hmm. uh, heard that interview, and uh, we went out and got uh, that audio. And I like uh, – I've always liked his confidence. Yeah. But he uh, he said he was ready to hit. He called out Raji and uh, – Keaton. And Keaton by name said he was ready. To, but I like his con- – he's got the confidence you need in a cornerback. I'll say that. He is uh, He is what exactly what you, you hope for from a mentality standpoint. And – you know, if you're going to be his size and excel as a corner, I feel like you have to be that way because think about when he lines up against a 6'2 receiver, how much trash he's got to hear about 
oh man you're so small like all yeah. that stuff like you, you just kind of have to embrace that and i feel like that's probably what he's done and you know yeah he's gotten beat a few times but what corner hasn't i mean and i feel like he's always done a good job of bouncing back from that so um really solid career uh Demel hickman has been on the roster for a while now and we kind of look at him and say special teams you know what's he going to be and and now i go you sound like you're starting to to really believe in him as being a starter maybe day one for the pirates uh you know how is he going to factor into the cornerback position i think he he's trending like he's definitely going to be this guy man like Stu for the Yankees is like quick pitching and doing all this BS. Nestor Cortez. That's so lame, man. Just get there and pitch the ball. Um, either way, I think Demel Hickman is on track to definitely be a part of that rotation, the two deep this year. Like he just, again, we continue to talk about the new guys they brought in for competition, but he's steadily been running with the ones all offseason, had a really good spring. They brought in some reinforcements. He continues to kind of work with that first team and that mix. And so. I think he's going to get a shot in the opener, and like we haven't really seen him play on game day. We've seen him in scrimmages and purple gold game, and he's always looked good in coverage. So I think he'll get a shot, and I think if he plays well on game day, he'll he'll find a way to stick. A pre-Washington came here to play from Buffalo. Got one more year, and he's ready to show out in the purple and gold. Had that pick six early on in fall camp, and it sounds like he is moving his name uh, up the depth chart. Yeah, pretty Washington is just a gamer. I mean, he's he's probably similar to Malik, although he's bigger. You know, he's not going to be the longest or the biggest corner in the room, but he's got experience, and he's not going to back down from anybody, just kind of from what I'm gathered, talking to some, some people who've seen practice thus far. And, and, you know, he's played over 1,600 snaps at Buffalo. Malik Fleming's played over, like, 1,400 snaps. Those are your two most experienced guys, and so you at least feel good about having that experience and then you, I think the guys who haven't played as much probably have a little more upside in terms of size and athleticism, but, you know, it's just you never know until you throw them out there. How about the Twin Towers of Siobhan Ravel and Fletcher Marshall Jr.? Uh, Coach Houston did mention those guys by name when he came in here a few weeks ago. They are, what, 6'2", six 6'3"-ish six corners that were brought in. Yeah, I mean, they're they're both big corners. Um, Siobhan Ravel has been described to me as maybe the best pure athlete in the program. You know, he ran a 4-4, broad jumped 11, 11 feet. I mean, he is just a freak of an athlete. Uh, insane vertical. It's just a matter of, you know, mentally can he come in and get the get the plays down right, right away, get his responsibilities down. And then with Fletcher Marshall, another Juco kid who – I think we'll have a shot based off size and physicality, and I expect him to, to potentially play a role. Both those guys could be special teams players right away. Okay, what about Jamonda? Jamonda! 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 Wilson? Yeah. Jamonda! 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 What about him? How about him? Tell us about he's him. He's another good Jamonda! He's another Damn. good athlete. <laughs> what is his uh, name? Jamani, <laughs> boy. Uh, good. Out of boy. Honestly, uh, I think it's Jamani. G apostrophe M O N E. I like calling him Jamani. He but, came uh, in as a transfer from Marshall. I think he started off at running back, transferred to corner midway through last year. Again, good athlete, has a chance, just still developing. 
And finally, I did not know this guy until I think it was Malik Fleming mentioned him in uh, in practice the other day. I go Isaiah Brown Murray. He kept mentioning Isaiah. Said he was IBM. going up against the uh, the new receivers and. I think he said the receiver won the battle, but Isaiah was holding his own. He, he called him a dog, right? Mm-hmm. Him and dog, a, a pre, a pre, or dog. Pre got dog. multiple dogs. He got. He's a big dog. Yeah, oh, he's a dog. Um, and uh, play the whole clip, Charlie. Do you still oh, got he's it? He's a dog. Quick learner. Dog, dog. That's all I can say. Dog. Four yeah. dogs. Four dogs. Four dogs. Now Isaiah got one dog though. For a freshman, that's pretty good, though. If you're getting the dog comment as a frosh. I think Higman, uh, he does like, um, not Higman, sorry. Um, Fleming. Fleming put, does like helmet stickers, but he, right. he gives you dogs. So four you dogs. You get a dog. For a pre, one for Isaiah. And Isaiah was in for spring, so he he actually got a jump on all these guys in terms of learning the defense. And Washington, Ravel. Marshall, like he was already in. He got some second, first team reps in the spring. Looked good. Comes from a winning program. Got a great nickname, IBM. And he's the one true freshman in the group in terms of being a scholarship guy. So I think they probably want to redshirt him, but we'll see. A lot of youth in that uh, in that position group too. IBM reminds me of too much of like IBS, but that's uh, that's I just mean, me. That's fine. Especially with what's going on with the team right now. Uh, Chandler, how tall do you think Isaiah Brown Murray is just from his uh, profile picture here? Hmm. This will be a fun game. Look at a guy's picture, which shows their upper body, their chest, shoulders, and head, and guess how tall they'll be. So, Siobhan Ravel is about 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, Looks like he fills that frame up. I'm going to say about six foot. I was thinking about 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, He's 5'9". This would be a fun game, though, to look at all the pictures and see if you can determine how tall they are. That would be really fun. <laughs> I mean, probably one of the most fun <laughs> things I could think about that doing. That would be so fun. I go, any corners we didn't mention? Juwan Powell. Doy. Duh. Uh, I mean, what are y'all doing? Yeah, my bad on that one. So, he went from corner to safety to corner. Yeah, right? yes, yeah. So, the thing with Juwan is we list him as a corner today. He could be playing safety by the season opener. I mean, he's a guy who's he started at safety before. He came in originally as a corner, and so I think they want to give him that shot again to play that position, see how it, how it does. He, he went there in the spring but missed some time with an injury. I think he they just want him on the field. So whether it's safety or corner or whatever, he's going to play. He's going to play special teams if he's healthy. And so he's one of your better defensive backs – he is too. He's a dog. Malik Lennon would probably describe dog. him as a dog. Um, and I just think it's a matter of where does he fit best, and they're trying to work through that right now. All right. We need a nickname for the group, like the Dog Pound or the Kennel or uh, the kennel? something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Some dog related. What about sharks? The pee pad? The shark, the, uh, the do they still pad. do the sharks out there? The shark I thing? feel like I've seen it less. I, that's probably something that we need to ask steve ellis uh malik is is this shark our sharks back shark dogs shark dog all right uh i think stuff. that's honestly what they called themselves last year shark dogs yeah two really mm-hmm. two uh two cool animals from the kingdom there steven uh good stuff we'll talk safeties next week yep i uh i saw one uh, scott i go recently How's he doing? Give us a Scott Igo update. I see. I've seen him more than me. He didn't want to come around me with COVID. We did uh, go to Raging Against the Machine together. I want to ask you about that, but uh, I asked him, hey, Scotty boy, 
Have you seen the uh, <laughs> Woodstock '99? Hey, I watched uh, that the other day. Documentary on Netflix. Netflix. He was like, "Yeah, I woke up at 4 a.m. to watch it. It was great, man. I really, it was cool." Um, I too watched it. So you have seen it? Yep, we watched it the other day. That I mean, that's like right up Igo's alley. Yep. Like if y'all, you were young then, though. How I would have been seven. So <laughs> yeah. I would not have been there. Would have died. But you had Limp Biscuit, Corn. Um, Rage was playing. They weren't in the documentary much. Rage. I know. They didn't show Rage. They didn't show Metallica or DMX. I had the uh, the Woodstock '99 CD. Mm-hmm. Did you have that? I did not. I am not a Corn fan. Uh, but the Blonde mm-hmm. and their live version of that oh, yeah, at Woodstock is one of the like most hype songs of all time. Incredible. You've probably seen it live. I've seen it live twice now. Man, it's huge flex alert! <laughs> huge flex, huge flex it, alert! It, huge flex alert! If you're not a corn fan, by the way, corn off the cob or corn on the cob? I mean, if you gotta choose, corn with a C. We're talking corn with a C first. Uh, I'm gonna go. See, I, corn I, off the cob. Not a big corn fan. The band, I love all types of corn. The actual sea corn. I'll go sea corn. You cobbing it up? Man, I guess I'll go off, but I, either way, I'm not going to complain about it. I'm eating corn. No. I feel like off. I'm, I'm going to eat corn. It's, it's smoother. You know, if you go on, you're getting some in your teeth. What yeah. About, part of the experience. What about cream corn? Nah, not. I'd rather have regular corn. I'd rather go regular corn, too, but if it's done right, cream corn's the way to go. So, um, but anyway, Woodstock corn. 99 documentary, check it out. Corn with a K best uh man them live i mean they're insane yeah um how was rage rage was also insane probably the best arena concert i've been to so the lead singer he injured himself right yep so he sang sitting down the whole time yes they uh they brought him out he is carried out by two gentlemen and placed on the edge of the stage so you got everybody you know the rest of the band tom morello by the way is just absolutely not human yeah he was playing the guitar with his teeth and everything. I like that he wears a hat all the time. Yeah. He was sweating, kind of guy. sweating right through it. <laughs> this um, oh, my no, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Stop. It's consistent. He's called he that is. pitch a strike every time. And that's why Nestor Cortez is currently throwing a perfect game because he keeps giving him six inches off the plate. Oh, we got to jinx him. Perfect game alert. Um, either way, yeah. Best, best, uh, best arena concert I've been to. It was insane. Favorite uh, Rage song? Um, probably it's probably wake up. It's like a one of their better songs, but not the biggest hit. Like you know, like I get tired of hearing Bulls on Parade, yeah. Gorilla Radio, Killing the Name, Killing of. in the Name. Now Killing the Name of Live was just, I mean, it was cathartic. I, I mean, it was insane. I think my favorite Rage song is People of the Sun. That is a, that was that. their second song as well. They it played great. it. Yep. Oh man, it was insane. I love how it gets it gets so yeah. hype in the middle of the. Song. I mean, he was sitting down during the performance, but I mean, he looked like he was about to like headbang off the stage. It was that tight. <laughs> it was that intense. That's cool. No, they're still doing it. I heard they got woke though. They definitely <laughs> are that way. <laughs> they've always been that way. Yep. They have not changed. Yeah, at they've all. been that way. You can uh, when they wrote their music in 1989, it was the same exact way. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. So I go. I think we covered everything. Yeah, I think we covered everything. Everybody good? Go Mariners. All right. Thanks for hanging out, Shirley Rhodes. Let's open up the booty bag here on a Wednesday. 
Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Hey. Booty bag. Booty bag. All right, Shirley Rhodes, what are we giving away today? Um, let's do lunch for two at tiebreaker. All right, 317-1250. What call are you on? Eight. Caller eight. 317-1250. We're back with more on Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Congratulations to Josh Allen of Washington. Picked up lunch for two at Tiebreakers. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Tiebreakers in Greenville at Bells Fork and in downtown Winterville on Railroad Street. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, we did it. That was us. We did it. If we'd have stayed on the uh, segment for about 30 seconds longer, you would have seen a great live watch-along moment as uh, the Mariners get a solo home run from Haggerty. Sam Haggerty goes deep to break up the no-hitter from Nestor Cortez. Igo goes crazy, and the Mariners have a one nothing lead over the Yankees. So you're welcome, Mariners fans. We yeah, did it. Thank us. You're give, welcome. Give us credit. Um, uh, I did see on Pirate Radio, speaking of baseball, I'm going to go down, though, not Major League, Minor League Baseball, coming up tonight. Two former Pirates are going at it. You don't say. Gavin Williams versus Connor Normie. Am I, am I right, Shirley Rhodes? Uh, originally, yes. But well, uh, Connor <laughs> uh, Connor is not going to play tonight. So, uh, But Gavin is slated to start. Dang. Well done. It would have been a lot cooler if they played against yeah, each other. It would have been, been a lot cooler. But I don't know if it's his scheduled day off. Or, uh, but when they released the uh, lineup, and of course, they posted that well after uh, I had posted about the game. But uh, if you do want to watch Gavin Williams pitch, you can actually watch it online for free. Go to MLB.tv, and uh, you can watch the game online. First pitch is slated for 6.35 Eastern Time. Awesome. Good stuff. Uh, let's, uh, let's close it out with some football. Heard from Nate Connor. Earlier in the show, we talked to him on Monday at Big Carolina 3A4A Media Day. Let's hear from Will Bland, former Pirate wide receiver, head football coach at J.H. Rose. Here's what he had to say. Coach, just talk about the poll a little bit. Newburn's picked to win it. You guys picked up in the top couple of teams. Um, you know, it's um, the preseason polls are important, but, you know, it, it doesn't end that way. Um, just a little motivated for our guys that, you know, we got a lot of work to do. Uh, you know, we, what, what happened last year is irrelevant. It's a new year, so we just need to go out there and prepare like we did last year and hopefully um, change some of these people's minds. Here at higher levels, the guys that go all the way to the end, that window seemed shorter but last year you guys played in the spring and then played in the fall so you know how how have the guys kind of bounced back after going all the way to i think oh i think the guys have um pretty much um 
they are well rested. Um, they've been waiting. I think after that um, last game we lost last year um, motivated them. So they've been willing to put in extra work, get out there and try to get back to the next level. And we got some great addition to this team. So uh, if we can go out there and do what we've been doing um, and continue the success that we have the last two years, then we'll be pretty good. Will, as you know, this conference is murderous. It will be again this year. Oh, oh yeah, and that's and this conference, the big um, Carolina conference that we are in. It's like the SEC, and we said it all last year. I mean, every game you got to bring your A game. Anybody can beat you. So, and I believe that if you can get through this conference and go on skate and go on injury, then you have a very, very good chance of making it to the Eastern Regional Championship game or playing for a state. Is that kind of what you guys did last year? I mean, you survived all the tough games and all the battles and everything, and then you got on a roll? Yeah, and I think, and, and the credit to our coaches that, that with Michael, we wanted to keep him fresh last year, so we tried to eliminate a lot of hit touches, and then when the playoff came, after all them battled, then he was fresher than a lot of people. So we want to try to make sure our players are fresh. You know we're going to battle in about night and day in this conference, and then if you can get out of it unscathed and injury-free, then you, you're very, very lucky, and you, very, you probably have a successful postseason. All right, there's Will Bland. Uh, you heard Alan Vick asking a question in there. <laughs> Alan, and we got video of it, I believe, on uh, YouTube, Facebook, right? Yeah, yeah. Alan uh, has this recorder, and it looked like, I don't know, a book of matches. Troy called it a domino. And he had this little bitty device that almost looked fake, uh, and we had a good laugh over it at uh, Parker's on Monday. Yeah. How about Rose last year? Because they had the uh, the spring football season and then played the actual fall season, so Rose played twenty three football games last year. I mean that's insane. They played seven in the shortened season, mm-hmm. sixteen in uh, the longer season with all the uh, the playoff games. They yeah, that playoff so, run. So uh, that's a lot of football. But Will Weird Bland says year. his guys are you know ready to go and and healthy and they are kids they bounce back quick but that is a ton of football games that they had to play in one calendar year last year yeah and it's that's what's tough is the quick turnaround you play in the spring and then it's like what two or three months off and then you're having to play again so now they had a full off season and maybe they can make another run to the state championship see if rose uh, can go on another run in 2022 so uh, looking forward to some high school football returning very soon not this friday but next friday uh they will be under the lights and we'll have dh conley football for you right here uh does your squad have a game that night chandler they do um, at home it is that is the way so they can kick off the season they have their jamboree coming up on friday and i did see which we learned this the other day a lot of these head coaches are going to media days uh in wilmington they're having scrimmages down there on wednesday and then they'll have a jamboree on friday that lakewood's doing the same thing i think they have a scrimmage tonight and then they'll have their the sampson county jamboree coming up at clinton high school on friday so it is drawing near and uh, those jamborees were always fun having all those different football teams on the field and it can get kind of hectic there on the football field with all those different football teams and stuff but i think they do it a little different i think they give you an opponent and then you'll play 30 minutes or however or split up the offense and the defense but football is around the corner and uh, football season will be kicked off with high school and you'll be able to hear dh Conley football alan vick on the call right here on pirate radio and we'll have the return of the high school huddle this week so a little preview show for you coming up this friday and then the games will begin next friday and morgan aylor is one of my favorite shows because he'll talk to six seven eight nine different guests 
in a uh, an hour span. The coaches, the media outlets covering the Friday night football, and it is a quick roundup of what you can expect that night in the uh, the world of high school football. So looking forward to that returning to the Pirate Radio airwaves as well. All right, that's it for today's edition of Pirate Radio Live. Thanks for joining us today. Hope you had a good time. We'll have more fun with you on Thursday's edition of the program. Shirley Rhodes. Last day of the week for It's her. gone. So, Shirley, hope you feel better, and uh, we'll see you back here on Monday. Eh? Yeah, I'm feeling a little bit better. I got eh? a little food in my system, so. A little sick, eh? Yeah. You know what? How do you feel about Canadian bacon? Fan or no fan? Eh, it's, it's all basically right. ham. It is. But I like it on a pizza pie, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. CJ, we'll see you tomorrow. See you tonight, CJ. Land tonight and tomorrow morning at practice. And you, you're everywhere, man. You are out there. You are the man, man. You are the man. You man. are the man. Chandler, we'll see you tomorrow and see tonight. You. And we'll see you tonight. Uh, I'll be here tomorrow as well, three o'clock, for an all new edition of Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.